reflecting on another online term, a very interesting interview with some special guests, and is turkey an overrated Christmas dinner? That's coming up on the Heat Exchanger podcast. Okay, and welcome everybody back to the Heat Exchanger podcast, Christmas holiday edition. Today's episode brought to you by the time value of money. It's better late than never. How are you doing today, Vince? I'm doing well. I mean, it's December 27th. Uh, Christmas festivities has uh, come and gone, uh, but things are going well, other than that, you know, lots of plans have been canceled. But overall, the family is doing well. People are healthy. Kids are having fun. Uh, nothing to complain about. Awesome. Is there is there a feeling kind of more hollow than Boxing Day, right? Like the hype for Christmas is so high as like, even as a kid, I could tell you, like even as a kid, Boxing Day, you still feel pretty buzzed about the whole thing because you still got, got all this new stuff to play with. But like as an adult, is there anything more hollow than Boxing Day where you just wake up on Boxing Day and you're like, ah, oh, it's not Christmas anymore. Yeah, but I mean, so so my youngest daughter, Naomi, was born on Boxing Day. So now that becomes just her de- uh, birthday celebration. So it helps a little bit. I mean, yesterday we, we just ran around and or ran around the house uh, with her birthday stuff. Right. My parents came over. Uh, we had a dinner. Uh, it's a, a Christmas dinner, but um, we kind of put it together with her birthday. Kind of sucks for people that has birthdays so close to uh, Christmas. You know, like the, that's just the way it is. But Sam does a really good job trying to separate the two. She had birthday decoration up. Uh, you know, she stayed up like till two um, <laughs> the day before just to get, you know, birthday decoration for, for Naomi. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could be hollow for us. I mean, I don't get that many gifts anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but for the kids, it's it's good. I mean, it's like two straight days of celebration. And um, hmm. they have, I have well, three, right? So we have so many toys right now. It's just crazy. Well, a couple of things. Happy birthday, Naomi, first of all. Oh, Second of all, way to completely just make me look like a total jerk by saying there, there's nothing worse than Boxing Day. And you're like, well, actually, my daughter's birthday is on Boxing Day, <laughs> uh, which, of course, we did not plan. And I had no idea. So there's that. Um, regarding your comment about birthdays close to Christmas, yeah, I have a lot of friends with birthdays close to Christmas. Laura's brother, my brother-in-law, um, Mike, he has a birthday in uh, late December, just a couple of days, a few days before Christmas. And yeah, it's the same thing. Like you know, he's a he's a 41 year old man, and he still pref- like likes it that Laura's mom and Laura. To to be honest, it's mostly Laura. Uh, will go out of her way to make sure that it's not Christmas, right? Like the, yeah. the presents are wrapped in a different wrapping paper, like heaven forbid, right? You have Santa's all over your Christmas wrapping paper or something. So yeah, you got to keep the presents in a, in a room that's paper. different than under the tree, right? It'd be so convenient. It's right there. You could just put the birthday presents right under the tree. There's nothing wrong with that. No, can't do it. You got to hide them in the closet with the other birthday presents, right? So um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, but but here we are, and now I'm just stressed out about the, the term to come. So super fun. Um, yeah. Vince, you got any plans for the holidays? We did. I mean, uh, we were going to have 
my family over, like my extended family over uh, in a couple or tomorrow, but that would break the law. Um, so <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I don't know well, how many people actually would follow the law. Yeah. Right? But it was going to be know, like this is not a political, people. this is not a political <laughs> podcast. We don't want to get into that, but, uh, but like it, like it was like going to be 15 people. And so that we, we had to cancel it. We, we were going to have a friend's thing come over on new year's day. Um, we had to cancel that. Um, so, uh, so do we have plans? Not really now. Uh, we like my best friend and, and his family is going to come over in a couple of days. Um, tomorrow, my oldest daughter is getting vaccinated. So hey. those are the plans. <laughs> that's big. That's big money. Getting vaccinated. Do you have any, uh, first of all, that's depressing and I'm sorry, but I hope that you enjoy some time off. Uh, do you have any booster shot uh, appointments in the yeah so 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 because sam is a nurse right so she had her booster shot a couple months ago or last month i don't know still has all of her toes yeah extra and then i and then i got it a few days ago uh because she she was able to book it through her hospital for for like household members of the of um of i guess i don't know medical workers or one poetry things poetry good job yeah so hey it's it's early Um, (laughs) so so things like that like i mean i i don't even know what the statistic is anymore for for the booster shots and all that stuff so but might as well just get it so yeah yeah that's that's fair so you must have got it right before christmas then yeah we i got i got it right uh, on the 23rd uh, oh wow! Yeah. Did you feel okay? No, this is a this is a question I've been asking people because, um, first of all, what shot did you get, and then did you feel okay? Yeah, I I had to get the Moderna. Um, I got the Moderna the second shot, uh, but the third shot I was supposed to get Pfizer, but then they're like, oh, we're low on Pfizer, so they're saving it for younger people because of heart issues for for them uh, with Moderna. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got Moderna. I felt fine. Um, I was really tired the second day. Uh, but the, f- the second shot was worse, actually. Um, yeah. I had I had a fever um, and all that stuff in the second short, uh, shot. The third shot was fine. It was half the dose of uh, your second shot for Moderna, um, whereas Pfizer was the full dose. So um, I was fine. Sam got to the Pfizer uh, she was fine as well. Uh, just just a little bit lethargic the second day. It was okay. Do you plan to get a booster? Oh well, yeah, I'll get a booster. I'll get a booster whenever the appointments are not crazy difficult to get. I'll be honest with you. I'm just a little bit done with the whole uh, COVID fear thing. So I'm yeah. Got my double vax. I I, I asked because I got absolutely bulldozed by my second shot. Um, like just destroyed and that might be just because i'm a weak baby but you know whatever i felt like garbage so um so yeah i was wondering because i got moderna or moderna or windows 11 as they say who knows <laughs> um i got that both times and uh, my heart still feels okay thanks for asking but um yeah so I, I i don't know i just i'm waiting for the appointments to be not like a month and a half out i guess there's no excuse now now that the website's kind of stabilized a bit i heard that the first couple of days it was just like chaos yeah. like back to what it was the you know for your second shot or whatever before and it's, I just roll my eyes at like the lunacy of this whole thing but um but now that it's like you know there's no there's really no excuse to not just book something so I'll just book something and go and get it but 
And, and do you have holiday plans or did, did you have plans? Oh, well, now that you've said that gathering with people is illegal, I don't know really what I want to reveal here, uh, Dr. Long. So uh, you can say you're gathering people. Just don't tell us how many people you're yeah. gathering with. No, it's going to be, it's going to be small. So no, yeah, for, um, for Christmas, we had dinner with my mom and dad, uh, just my mom and dad. And it was Laura and I, so my, my brother, Joe, shout out to Joe and, um, and his wife, my sister-in-law, Trisha. Trisha is from Bermuda. I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast before, but she's Bermudan. Um, so that's where their wedding was, for example, in, in August, 2019, it was, it was lovely, beautiful place. Uh, so they actually went to Bermuda for Christmas, um, with their five month old baby girl, Ivy May. And, uh, cause they haven't seen Trisha's family since the wedding. Um, so it's been a couple years. It's been, so it's actually been more than two years. Cause really the last time they saw, um, Trisha's parents was, was when we had the, the local celebration of their wedding. Cause we did a thing in, in Dundas here, which was like in the fall of 2019. So it's been, it's been a minute. So they went for Christmas um, and my parents were going to have my dad's side of the family over my cousins and my, my aunts and uncles or whatever. And of course that all got canned. So then we just went to have dinner with them, uh, just the four of us. And then um, we're just kind of chilling around here. And then on um, either tomorrow or the day after that we're going to go for new year's up at my parents, my parents uh, farm for like, the property as it's called for like three or four days. Uh, we usually do that for over new years and then it'll just be the, the four of us and we'll see kind of how that goes. It should be, should be fun. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Now the real adventure is that for the first time since we took possession of our cat, uh, Leonardo DiCatrio, he has never been out of the house and has some severe problems being taken in his crate and, or like being taken anywhere. And, uh, because we don't really want to leave him and like saddle our friends with coming to feed him or saddle Laura's mom with coming to feed him. We're going to try to take him. Um, so Laura has been taking him on practice rides. So she like rams him into his carrier or whatever, and then like takes him out to the car and like drives around the block and, uh, it is not going well so far. So that, that trip is going to be like two and a half, three hours. And that's coming up in a couple of days. So Unless he has a serious change of heart, it's going to be like the most stressful drive I've ever seen. It's like driving with kids, right? Right? <laughs> well, kids, I could just put an iPad or tablet in front of them and watch. Parenting. Paw, Paw Patrol or whatever, you know, like, um, uh, is there a way to like put some sleeping pill in the, in, hey, in yes. whatever? So we were in, we were in Walmart because we wanted to pick up some puppy pads which are like those like absorbent pads for training dogs. Cause we want to line his cage with it just in case, or, you know, he's, you never know. And while we were there, we saw a uh, thing of like calming treats, right? So like they had the, <laughs> like, you know, drug, drug treats, basically like, you know, dope treats. So we, we bought some um, and then Laura tried to feed one to the cat just to see, and the cat wouldn't eat it. So, <laughs> so special brownies for pets. Picky. We're going to have to like, grind it up and like you know put it in i don't know basically unless it's in chicken or tuna the cat's not gonna freaking eat it so there you go sounds like my kids too i mean naomi doesn't eat very well so we had to like she doesn't like meat she's like i don't know i don't know 
well, we just have to cut up little pieces of chicken and put it in like rice. <laughs> and, and then that's her like protein intake. So there you go. Yeah, it reminds me of um, Marge Simpson because Lisa doesn't eat meat. So to get her protein, she sneaks a bit of meat juice into her mashed potatoes. <laughs> it's like, okay, that sounds, that sounds good. Well, the good news is we live in 2021 where protein alternatives are very easy to find, I, yeah. I suppose, right? But who knows? All right, so I want to move on from Christmas plans because everybody's Christmas plans. We were supposed to go see friends today. We were supposed to do stuff and it all got canceled. Now we want to do online board games. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a little online board game out. I got I got a taste of not online board games uh, for a few months. And now I'm just like, yeah, I just, yeah. I'm not it's really not the same, right? It's, it's not. not. I, I mean, it'll still be nice to see everybody. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like saying it's not worth the time. It's just like, come on. It would have been so much nicer to... I just, I just love being animated when I play. I just love being animated in general, by the you way. You can be animated online. I can be animated online, but it's not the same. I can't like, it's true. you know, I like banging the table when things don't go my way, you know, like not, not in any kind of aggressive way, but like, you know, it just, it's just an outlet. You know, you don't get the, you don't get that outlet when you're online. I guess you could bang the table, but it's whatever. You could punch your laptop or whatever. I could, but I'm a terrible kicker and I need that laptop for online school next term. Vince. <laughs> Oof, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, sticking with the Christmas though. So next question for me to you is you said you don't get a lot of gifts, but you must've got something. So the question is um, what is the best thing that you got for Christmas? And what is the best thing that you gave for Christmas? And Naomi's birthday does not count. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I actually didn't get anything for Christmas. Well, oh. we got gift baskets for my parents with food in it, uh, like chocolate. I don't, and then we got like random boxes of chocolate from neighbors that don't really count. Um, so to answer your question, um, what I gave and what I received or the best thing that I gave and the best thing that you received it's the same thing, actually, because really? I, I gave I gave my kids this uh, Lego boost thing. So like there's Lego Mindstorm, which is like a, a, a Lego like robot. Uh, there's a kiddier version of that called Lego Boost, which is still a Lego robot. So I bought it. Um, it was like 200 bucks or whatever. Well, we bought it and then um, we put it together on Christmas Day and it was super fun uh, for myself. And nice. for my oldest daughter. So um, you get to program it uh, using, you know, block programming. It's kind of like Scratch, but it's like Lego's own little language. Um, you could get it to say things and whatnot. I had a lot of fun. So that actually, that actually sounds wicked. That actually <laughs> sounds really cool. So good for you. How about you? What's the best gift that you gave slash received? Uh, well, now I'm going to sound like a like a brat right because i got i got a lot of stuff for christmas i mean um and i just i, I say that because i don't want anybody listening to think that i'm stiffing anyone by saying oh you know i also didn't get very much for christmas that's not true right like people were very generous this year um i got uh got a couple of things from my from my mom and dad i got like a gift card and then i got a a new floor jack because I guess I, I've been complaining about, so floor, like a garage floor jack. So like a, a 3.5 ton piston jack. And um, 
because I've got one and like we change tires. We have like this thing where in the November and in April or whatever you want to change your tires, we have like this tire changing party. Uh, it's called the tire rotation. I just made that up now, actually. Um, and like, you know, we have like nine or 10 cars come to the house and we like change everybody's like everybody brings their wheels. Cause I've, my dad uh, is a, is a handy guy and he likes to do all my birthdays and, and Christmas presents since I was like, you know, maybe 24 or so have been just like tools and stuff. So I've got, I've got a, quite the collection of like tools. So you got like impact guns and whatever. So we like change over everybody's tires. We're like a little, uh, formula one team out there it's great we're throwing them around and it only takes like 15 minutes a car or 10 minutes a car even um but one thing that is not great is that the floor jack isn't very high and so like bigger cars like suvs we couldn't can't even get them off the ground without like putting plywood underneath it or whatever so anyway i got a new floor jack uh, so that's exciting and he also got me like a, a workbench shelf so that i could i have a toolbox that i don't really have anywhere to put it so now i've got a shelf to put my toolbox on so that's pretty cool uh laura and i didn't get each other anything um, we were deciding to buy each other, uh, plane tickets to LA to visit my cousin, uh, in reading week. Uh, so that's, that's on, that's on strong wait and see, uh, tactics right now. Uh, but that was, that was kind of the plan. And then I got some nice stuff from, from Laura's mom as well. Uh, just a couple of sweaters and, and some, and some cool stuff like that. So, so anyway, it was good. The best, um, the best gift that I gave was, I think there's, is a tie. So the best gift that I gave that was truly a, like a present is to my brother because my brother loves golf. Okay. And the other thing that my brother loves to do is talk about golf. <laughs> so for the last like eight months, he's been talking about these wedges uh, so, so for those of us that are unfamiliar, so your golf clubs, you got your woods, you got your irons, and then you get your short irons called your wedges. And, um, and you can get them in a variety of like lofts. They're for short shots. And, and they are sold by Costco. Costco has a line of wedges. They're Kirkland signature wedges, which sounds insane that Costco, you would buy golf clubs at Costco, but you can get them. And apparently they're extremely good. Like everybody loves them. And the thing is you can't get them. You can't get them anywhere because they're never in stock and they're always out of stock. So um, Joe's been talking about these wedges probably for like almost two years. He's been talking about these wedges and how he wants to get them or whatever, whatever, whatever. And so like six months ago, we were in Costco um, like in the summer and I was looking for tennis balls. So we went to like the, the sports section and I saw a crate of these wedges that like they come in a box and they're, they're in packs of three, right? Because of course it's Costco. They have to be in a pack of three, but like it's the three different lofts and there was only two boxes left or maybe three boxes left out of the crate. And I asked the guy when they got these and he said, they got them yesterday and they're, they're all gone already, but there was one there. So I just got one. And then we sat on these wedges for like six months waiting for Christmas because my brother's birthday is in April. So the first thing was Christmas. So we waited and then gave it to him. So he was very excited about his Costco wedges. Um, the funniest gift, and I know I'm, I'm just waxing poetic, so I'll hurry up. The funniest gift that I got for sure was I found it with Christina Trollop. Uh, shout out Christina Trollop. We were hanging out in the ChemEng office one day as, uh, as good faculty and staff members do, not working. And we found this item on Indigo, which wasn't in stock. We found it on Amazon. Uh, this is not a political podcast, and this is my opinion is not 
um, reflective of that of chemical engineering or McMaster University or Dr. Vincent Lung in any way, shape or form. But my dad is not a huge Justin Trudeau fan. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. There was a book on Amazon called Why Trudeau is a Great Leader and Deserves Respect. And the book, Vince, is blank. So I spent, I spent $12 on Amazon buying a book. Uh, it's by this, like, uh, it's by a, a, a guy with a PhD in poli sci too. That's the best part. So I bought a book and it's a 100 page blank notebook that says on the front, why Trudeau is a great leader and deserves respect. And I gave it to my dad for Christmas and he was crying. He was laughing so hard. So, <laughs> so there you go. That's uh that's the gifts I'm most proud of, for sure. Thank you, Thank you for your disclaimer. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it doesn't even necessarily reflect, doesn't necessarily, Vince, reflect my opinion either. But, you know, here we are. Here we are. And I'm hoping that you could get to go to L.A. sometime. Yeah, my cousin moved there uh, about a year ago. I don't know. It's been a it's been a weird one with, with him. He's, he's been around. He's, he's one of my super cousins. So we're very close. I don't know if I've ever talked about my super cousins before. Um, so you're, you're, you're smiling. Um, Do oh, you cheer list your, your cousins? No, but like, <laughs> let me explain. Okay. This is an S level I don't one, mean you know? that he's, he's an S tier cousin for sure. He's a great guy. Um, like, first of all, we should mention that we are not doing this in person like we did on our last episode in my office, because uh, we're all terrified of the Omicron. Uh, he said semi-sarcastically, but um, yeah, you're smiling. My super cousins are, are not based on like how much I like them more than another person. It's based on the fact that my mom's sister married my dad's brother. So I have a set of cousins on both sides of the family at the same time. This is the, that is, that is super. Right, right. So it's it's very it's 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 a little bit unique. Actually, I should say that my mom and dad got married second. Uh, so okay, so it's not like it's that that they were copying my parents or whatever, or vice versa. But um, yeah, so I have a, a set of cousins that are um, around the same age as me. We were kind of growing up. I've got two that are older than me, and then one that's like just one year younger than me, and then one that's. Uh, maybe like five years, six years younger than me. And we've all been, and my brother is four years younger than me. So the six of us were all very close because every family gathering, they would show up at both, right? So like you go to a Christmas on your mom's side, you go to Christmas on your dad's side and they're there. You go to thanks, you know. Um, and I didn't really even understand this until I was like nine or 10 years old, right? I didn't even understand that this was not normal. Uh, you know, you just kind of don't really clue into it. But yeah, anyway, so... Ben, his name is Benjamin, um, is one of my super cousins. And they moved to New York a few years back uh, and then New Jersey. And then they went to LA and, and he's currently uh, in teacher's college down there in, in LA. So we wanted to go visit them, but uh, don't know if that's going to happen. I really, really hope it does. Yeah. I yeah. mean, fingers crossed. So yeah. You ready to move on? Yeah, let's go. I mean, why don't we just reflect a little bit about this past semester? I know we took a long hiatus from our student panel till now because this semester has been quite busy. Um, it also took me like 12 hours to edit that student panel together. So let's say uh... <laughs> that, that, that sound quality was <laughs> very instant sound quality. It's like our interview with Kyle where my headset was like <laughs> making me sound like a robot for some reason. Yeah. Oh man. Anyways. 
So Jake, how, how did your semester go? My semester went fine. And I mean that in every possible sense of like genuineness or, or whatever. So fine is the right word. It wasn't terrible. I was, I was pretty pleased with um, live attendance, particularly in the second year class, so numerical methods class. It was pretty steady in-person attendance throughout the year. Uh, like, you know, I would, I would say the lower end, 20, 25 people, upper end, like 40, 45 people. And this is even into like weeks 10, 11, 12, uh, so into the end, which is by no means like a huge number, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's not insignificant, I guess, when, when classes are like optional and then like another 20, 25 people on the online call. So anyway, uh, anybody that, that was in the two EO4 class and that made it to a class, even if you just made it to one class and even if it was just online, whatever, like you just have my appreciation, I think, for, for making that a little bit uh, less painful. We had a we had a good time. Um, I don't think the students had a particularly good time on the exam, uh, which I feel a little bit bad about because I thought that I prepared them a little bit better. So that's maybe a little bit on me, but whatever. It's, it is what it is. It's fine. And at the end of the day, people did well in the course, and I'm quite pleased um, with how that went. It was pretty much the best, except for last year, which I think should be thrown out um, just because of like the quote unquote innovation with assessment and like doing stuff. I think this year was the best performing year um, that I've had. And it might be again, a little bit because there were no like midterm tests, but there was a, there was a real final exam and it wasn't a joke. And, and they still, you know, the, the exam, there were people that did really well and, and that's good. So um, 4N, uh, the economics and, and safety course, because we did talk at reading week. So the second half of the course was, was good, I think. It's a couple of things talking to people that didn't really work um, like the tutorials as being we do like these group meetings and tutorials and we were doing this online and the in-person uh, tutorials those group meetings are I always found them very very valuable because I could like chat with people and they could chat with each other and the energy in the room is pretty good and people are bringing coffees for their teammates you know they like come out with the you know the van hoot or the the whatever the four pack of coffees on at 8 30 in the morning on a Thursday and like everybody's like kind of just you know, it's almost like a, a routine kind of social hour or two where you have to get some work done on an assignment or whatever. And I think that that was just completely lost in the online, like completely. And I think talking to a few people, they're like, tutorials shouldn't be in group meetings. They should just be like TAs going over practice problems. And I'm like, well, then that means that tutorials just spectacularly failed to deliver the experience that they were intended for. And that they have in prior years up until up until this year, right? So anyway, um, we had the option of doing in-person and then people kind of voted against it. I was just like, do you want to try it? And then it was like, yeah, some people were like, sure, I'd show up and some people didn't. So I just said, screw it, we'll do them online just because it's easier for everybody. Attendance in uh, 4N was, was not good uh, in person, but the people that were there were outstanding and they were engaged and they asked lots of questions. Uh, and I really, really appreciate that. So if you're listening to the podcast then you got that, going for you for sure. Um, and then the online attendance was fine. Um, the performance in 4N04 was, was good. Uh, the projects were good by and large. I was, I was pleased. How about you, Ben? So the semester went as I thought it would go, I guess, um, in terms of, I mean, I lectured fully virtually. Um, I don't have as many group 
work as you do in, in 4N. So in 3I, we have labs, I guess. Um, the in-person labs were, were fine, um, other than some uh, instrumentation malfunction. Uh, so our sensors and our heaters uh, sometimes were wonky. But other than that, um, students seem to be engaged in person. Um, it was hard to gauge uh, the the engagement for the online lab groups um, because they weren't doing the labs, they were simply taking data. Um, and But I mean, the performance wise, they, they, they did fine. The students were, were putting together good lab reports um, and good case studies. Um, but yeah, like I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed just seeing students in the labs and being able to walk around and, and, and you know, actually do things together with with the students because um, I didn't realize how much I missed that uh, I, I think like theoretically I, I knew I missed that but but then actually being in the lab was was a, was a big thing um, overall um, yeah I think students did well what we had we had a real exam this time like last time I, I had just projects uh, for 3i last year but this year we had an, an exam um and things went well uh we, we i mean the the tricky part was just making more versions of it so i had like five versions for every question and then each like each students get like they don't just get version one of the exam they get version one of question one and version like three of uh, of like question two, et cetera, et cetera. So like there's Did they know that? Uh, they, I mean, they know they it know. when they, <laughs> so, so, so I mean, they, they do know now, right? Like, so, so they received like different Excel files of different data um, for each of the question, right? So, oh, okay. Um, so, so, so that's how, that's how, like, I, like Avenue is an okay learning management system. Like, I think it's pretty decent. Um, you just have to know how to use it, right? Um, sure. It just, takes a long time setting it up at the back end, but I mean, there's nothing really to complain about. So um, I think it worked well. Um, I don't think there's a lot of cheating going on. At least my TAs didn't catch anything. So, so that was, that was good, I guess. Um, that, that was the biggest concern in terms of like online assessment, uh, virtual assessment, but yeah, overall it was good. Um, yeah, it, nice. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not the same still. Like I, I wish we were in person, but but it is what it is, right? Yeah, I think the um, the interactions with people are are important for me. It was uh, I think the thing that was the best was was office hours. I don't know, like when people come to office hours or or just you know the in person tutorials for for two e four were not terribly well attended. But the people that were there, I had some some good chats with them, and you you feel you just. I don't know whether or not it's true, whether or not it's self-serving, you just feel like you can make an impact when they're right there in front of you and you can like see them get it, or, you know, you can break COVID protocol and go for like, you know, fist bump when like, oh, they get their code to work for the first time in like 40 minutes. And you're just like, boom, all right, now get out. You know, I got somebody else to deal with here. And then they're all like happy and then they leave, you know, it's just, it's, um, it's totally different, right. As opposed yeah. to helping people online, which is still, which is still good, but you know, different. Um, the the concept of students contacting you at all hours of the day and night, though, is is something that persists and something that 
I, I tried to be a little better about, but I don't think I did a very good job. So, oh well. Yeah. And, and I was actually wondering, like, it's like, I mean, again, this is not a political podcast, but but they they put in that law, right, about you know, like the, oh, you're yeah, not your supposed boss to get can't... emails after whatever, whatever. But what if your student, like your students, have have no no filter like you know you can't be like oh you know like uh, I, I can't answer your email or your your team's message after a certain time i mean we could put in those we could put in those um restrictions and just tell students but then we'll hear about it in, in our teaching evals right so yeah 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 uh, speaking of teaching evals I, I was a little bit devastated that the the turnout on my courses are just so low like i you know i I don't incentivize. I know that there's like things that you can do, you know, like, oh, you know, if 80% of the class does the teaching eval, then you all get a bonus point or, you know, whatever, 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 do the teaching eval and send me the screenshot and you get a bonus point or whatever. And I refuse. Uh, I do have them do a course reflection that is unofficial and will not be used uh, in any of my like, you know, faculty performance reviews or whatever uh, and they do get a bonus point for that but it's a little bit more in-depth than the, than the teaching eval and it's more about their learning than it is about my teaching so to speak but like I don't know I just I feel like the, the turnout on the teaching evals was low which is either a good thing or a bad thing for the macro statistics right it's I mean, a little bit it can be a little bit uh, double-edged there right so we'll see but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think engagement overall is was kind of low, especially in the upper years in, in, in our department, right? So, yeah. Now, the one other thing to mention quickly is that this last term, whether it was good or bad online, was our accreditation cycle visit. So we had the accreditation team uh, come to our department. Uh, just for those of us listening that are interested, uh, one of the requirements for you to get your engineering license in Ontario or in Canada is to graduate with what is called an accredited engineering degree, or you have to pass the set of full technical examinations provided by uh, professional engineers Ontario in the case of in the case of Ontario and um, and McMaster engineering is an accredited program. It's reviewed by the Canadian Engineering Accreditation Board, which comes um, and like, you know, reviews all of your course materials, interviews all your faculty, interviews your students, interviews your staff. Uh, and they also review your tests and grades and all that sort of stuff. And uh, this happens, if you're lucky, this happens once every six years. Uh, it's a six year um, stamp, kind of like getting your license renewed or whatever. And, um, and so, so this November in mid-November was our visit and the visit is four days and it's like an intense four days. And I don't want to get too, too much in the weeds. I just want to say like, I mean, we don't have the final report or whatever, but um, I just want to say that I think our department did a really good job and that I think we did pretty well. And I think that the visitors were, were pretty pleased. I, of course, there's room for improvement as there always is in certain things. We have our strengths and we have our weaknesses, right? Um, but overall, I thought it was good. So, yeah, and and just to add to that, I mean, shout out to Jake. Um, he he did the line share of of the work for our department, and then I mean, um, we had a team. I mean, I helped a little bit. Shalir helped a little bit, and then Christina. Again, shout out to her again. Um, oh yeah, she, that's 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 number two. She deserves it though. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh she my she did a lot of work on the admin side. It was it was crazy. Um, but just to give it, give our listener an idea of like what goes into it, 
the year before that, we have to uh, pretty much capture all the material that we give to students and also all the material that students uh, give to us. So all the assignments, everything that they turn in. So we, we call it the capture year. Um, we have to write a report or write a report, but we do that every year, even though it's not um, like our accreditation year, we have to write a report about how students have met expectations or exceed expectations in different graduate attributes. But the capture year, the special piece is that we have to take in all the assignments from, from students. And then um, for each category, for each graduate attribute, we have to have four examples of, of the assignments. Um, so that was a lot of work. Um, and then we have to do a lot of paperwork and, and fill out a lot of like questionnaires and, and all that stuff. Uh, which was um, all of Jake's summer this past year. So that was fun. Um, it sure was. It sure was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, so so the undertaking was was quite large. And this was a weird year because everything was online, which I, I, I personally speaking, I think is more intimidating because the the people that were coming in to do the accreditation had a lot more time to review our material than well, the normal. Yeah, that's so true. Like usually they come in and they go into a room and there's like, you know, towers of files and papers around like you're in a crazy, you know, mad doctor's office or whatever. And they can like look leaf through it and like ask you to print stuff off. But yeah, they've had access to this stuff for, for months ahead of time. Right. So anyway, I just want to emphasize, like usually they get it day of or like yeah. when they're there, but now they had the chance to like go over it all in detail. So as I mean, like it's, it shouldn't be considered a bad thing if you did a good job, but it definitely just opens more doors for criticism, right? Yeah. And, and this was Jake and I first, first time through this process, um, even though we're talking about like previous, you know, accreditations, yeah. we were not part of any of that because we're, I mean, we weren't even employed at that time, so. To be fair, uh, first accreditation or my first accreditation was 2015, but it wasn't participating as right. a leader in any way. I just, I taught a course in 2015. I taught for NO4. And uh, so I had to provide all of the capture samples for for NO4. And I had to do all of the, the accreditation stuff. Um, and I thought that that was what I had to do every year. And I was like, oh my God, this is a lot of stuff. But as it turns out, no, it's only once in a while, right? But um, but yeah, I just, I remember the chaos, right? I remember being, I went to the ChemEng office to print off some course packs because uh, Dr. Tom Marlin was doing a, a, a guest lecture and he had a note pack that he wanted me to print all the students. And, you know, it was like, I don't know, five pages of slides or 10 pages of slides. And I had to print like a hundred, hundred copies. So I went to like the copy machine and asked, um, I can't remember who was there at the time. But it was probably, I, I don't know, it might have been Linda. I don't know if it was Linda or who came before Linda, but regardless, I, I went to, to do this and like the look on their face was just like, are you kidding me right now? Like, like I need, I need this copier. I need like, you know, just, just get out. And I was like, okay. So I just went and, and printed them in the underground and paid like a hundred dollars. So, you know, whatever. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's, it's chaos. It's chaos. The only thing that made it not chaos this year was the fact that it was online. So you couldn't see all the behind the scenes chaos. It was all through teams chats and, uh, and private calls and that sort of thing. So, but 
actually right. think that's better. Like, I, I like I, I don't know what the CEB is going to be thinking about, but I, I think that the electronic versions makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I think that the, and, and we were kind of pioneers, right? Like, you know, forced adaptation uh, by, by a long way. I don't think that anybody would have preferred to figure it all out this way, but uh, McMaster really, it was the first fully online, as, as to the best of my knowledge, at least I'm, I'm, I'm kind of speaking out the side of my mouth, but um, fully online review. And so like the meetings set up structure and stuff. And I can't imagine that not becoming at least learning from that and, and using some of those, that knowledge as, as the standard going forward. Cause you're right. It, it is, it's better, right? Like better than piles and piles of paper. For sure. For sure. Electronic document capture for this sort of thing is, is it, there's no question that that's yeah. the way it should be. Right. And it's just better documentation going forward if they want to keep track of stuff. But anyways. So, um, Last last topic for chats before we we move on to our we have super secret guests for our interview uh, this episode so we're going to keep that secret uh, and it's not it's not because we don't know who it's going to be yet we do know who it's going to be but but it's going to be a surprise so we'll get to that segment in a second um, but our last topic is uh, where do you see things going with the uh, Armacron? Yeah, I mean literally my question is is this can it get worse? Can it? Yeah. The, <laughs> For, for those of us for those of us listening Vince and I have a, a, a program written out of, of talking points and Vince put this one down actually Vince made most of the program to be perfectly fair and this is just says omicron question mark could it get worse question mark so so that's where we're at so I'll ask you your own question Vince can it get any worse um I, I think as a faculty member as a especially one that's teaching in the winter term I think this upcoming term will be the worst term yet. Because um, <laughs> just simply because we have no idea what's happening. Um, because, I mean, the school tells us that we'll be back to fully in person um, in January 17th. But I don't think anybody believes that. Horse <laughs> shit. <laughs> Um, again, just a reminder that that the opinion of this uh, podcast does not reflect um, in any way the opinion of McMaster University. Um, <laughs> um, but but I think that that's like that's what gets me in terms of the the uncertainty, right? So just to give you context, I, I teach this course called um, IBHS two PO three. There is a large lab component to it. Um, we we hired a lab tech for this course um, this past year and we just need to know whether or not we could have students in the lab uh, what makes it more complicated with this course is that our labs is situated in the hospital so so i think that's a double whammy because the hospital functions separately to a certain extent from the rest of the university. So even if the university says, oh, it's good, and then they're like, oh, the hospital number is not good, then, then we might not even be in. So, so that uncertainty really kills me. Um, last year, we did fully virtual labs where we just paid this company that have these like pretty much video games of, of, um, of labs, but we can't do it this year because we spent all our budget on buying lab stuff already because what we're thinking about in person. So. So now we got to figure out like, do we videotape things or whatever? Like, so, 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 so that's, 
that's the biggest thing for me in terms of like, I, I don't know. And then it's like, I have all the assessment planned out already in terms of like midterms, exams and, and, and whatnot. But if we go back virtually, that has to, that has to be scrapped again. So right now I have one version of the core, like course outline for 2PO3, for fluids, um, and even like for this new course, 2PX, where we have in-person design studio, I think that one we could transfer online pretty seamlessly, but still, it's just, it's just the whole uncertainty, right? And then now students are emailing us. It's like, is there going to be an online version of this? I'm at, in this, this country. I can't come in. Things oh, like yeah. that. It's, it's, yeah. it's all that stuff, right? And I'm like, um, well, we were told that it's supposed to be in person. So I could only tell you what I know right now. So yeah, you have to come to Hamilton, right? Because the midterms are going to be written in person, which again, I don't think anybody believes at this moment, uh, given the, the numbers we're seeing in Ontario. I think we were at 10,000 yesterday or the day before. Um, but I, I don't know. How about you? What are your thoughts on the Omicron? Um, I, I just hate it. I'm just I'm a little bit done. Um, it, by the way, Omicron is the worst Greek letter. Okay. It's just the letter O. There's nothing interesting about it. All right. If you were to choose a letter to use in a fancy math equation, it would be the last one. So, you know, but a lot of people don't even know what Omicron exists as a Greek letter. You know, this is, this is garbage. Um, yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna suck. It's gonna, I, I fully anticipate that it will be back to uh, just last year, just like, you know, fully online. I'll be streaming from my office. I'll have to like, you know, have multiple screens of the chat going. I'm not going to be able to see anybody in person. The campus is going to be a ghost town. I just, you know, I just, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Uh, but I don't think I am. So I, uh, yeah. And the other thing, the other thing that, that comes in when you, when you say people are emailing you. So yes, of course, people email me, not just uh, individual course wise, but as undergrad chair, I get like all the people that have issues in our, in our program, even if they're not taking my courses and that's fine. And I like helping them with that. But a lot of the time they don't like the answer that I have to give them, which is like, well, if it's in person on the 17th then it's in person, the end. Right. Yeah. Um, because we support our faculty unconditionally with whatever they decide to do. Um, and I would like to do the same thing. The thing is, though, is that if, if we are already going to be spending the first week online, where does the where does the argument go that having the course online is not possible, right? Like, obviously, you can make the argument that the course is better when it's in person, but we're already forced to start online anyway. So, like, the infrastructure is clearly there. The know-how of the faculty is clearly there. And I'm not saying that we would, like, claim ignorance. It's like, oh, they don't know how to record a class anymore. Uh, that's dumb. But... At the same time, the, the precedent becomes, well, it's obviously possible because you're going to do it because you have to. So like, why don't you just continue to do it? And I really, I'm really afraid for the future of, of education. Mm -hmm. I, first of all, I'm just afraid for the future of everything because like, you know, by the time we're in our 10th wave and I'm not speaking sarcastically, like by the time that we're, you know, in 2024, when this is still happening. Okay then I'm, I, I don't even, I don't even know, but let's just say, for example, that it just disappears. Uh, September, 2022, it's over, it's done somehow. Um, I am afraid of what my job looks like going forward because it just, 
I feel more like a, a content provider on Twitch than I do a, a university instructor. My interfacing with the students feels more like informal. Not that I have a problem. I'm a pretty informal guy, but like it's different and people are, their opinions are different. And one of the key skills, and if you're listening to this and you're in engineering at McMaster or otherwise, you, you need to understand one of the key skills of being a good engineer is to ask questions and to give your, give your opinion or to provide solutions, even if the solution is wrong, but you need the confidence to be not sitting there silently because the time that you sit there silently when you should have asked the question is the time that somebody gets hurt when you're in the, in the job place or, or whatever. If you don't know how to work a piece of equipment or if you don't know if this calculation is right or if you think you see a mistake, but you're not sure. And uh, it's really easy to just be passive in an online learning environment. And that's not really the intent of, of the engineering education. It's to be active and to be involved with your own education and the education of everybody around you. And I am afraid that we will just be kind of online or, or train a bunch of, a bunch of people that are, are able and willing to passively go through the degree and not really, you know, get as much out of it as, as we want, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make this mostly about us, but, but it's also a little bit on, on, on the student side of things too. It's, it's just so easy. Right. Yeah. And talking to, I've had lots of, friendly chats with people now that courses are over and like they feel the same way they don't understand like a lot of people they don't understand how people are just like some students like to just sit there and, and not engage and not participate and or just not go at all right and and that's always been an option to not go at all but you know what you can't not do is you can't not go to Thode and and study for the exam with your friends uh, you can't not go to the lab in 2PO3 or, or otherwise, and actually work with the equipment and get the technical know-how and talk to the techs and whatever. But now you can not do that, right? So anyway, I am, you know, I, I made the mistake. I made a mistake, Vince, of thinking in September that things were turning a corner. And I have learned the hard way that uh, you can't really get your hopes up right now, so. Yeah, and like I, I completely agree with you. I, I think on the on the COVID side, I think sooner or later we just need to learn how to live with this because it's gonna it's gonna be an endemic. It's it's not gonna end in terms of like COVID will be around for a very long time. Um, at least at least that's what I'm thinking, right? And what we just need to learn to live with it. It could be booster shots or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I think on the education side, what really concerned me was. Um, the when we were talking about the lab courses, uh, the attendance in let's just say our four L lab courses, um, what were, were the students are are learning good hands on skills um, that that is important as an engineer. Um, a lot of students chose not to um, go into the lab because they have that choice. And and what I worry about in in our education system is that moving forward, um, the students are going to demand um, a hybrid approach. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah. and, and I, and I mean, that's one part of the equation, right? My fear is that the educators or not, not so much, you know, the educators individually, but the school um, kind of succumbing to those demands um, where it's like, oh yeah, yeah. like, you know, well, well, why not provide this? Because now it's more accessible to everybody. And I understand accessibility, 
right? Um, and I think that's important. However, I, I think we need to be stringent in in um, in giving permission for people to um, have this hybrid learning because I think ultimately um, the the hands-on skills that's very important. You know, working the labs or, or just being in an actual group physically, I think that's important. But to your point, Jake, like just the, the social interactions and things like that, you cannot replicate online, right? Like, especially for, you know, chemical engineers and whatnot. Um, we're not, you know, sitting behind a computer and just coding. Um, although, you know, sometimes we do that. Um, well, a lot of the people that graduate from our program are working in, you know, plants or, or on site and all things, all of those things that they have to interact with, um, you know, operators, they have to interact with technicians, they have to interact with other engineers. And if they could go through our degree without having those type of interactions or, or real in-person interactions, then, then like you said, I, I don't think we're preparing um, our students well for the workplace, so totally. for, 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 for real life, right? Yeah, um, I mean, people... There, there seems to be a bit of a misunderstanding about the purpose of a university education. Like there is nothing. And I, and I saw this on a few reflections actually for 2E04. It's just like, there's a question on the 2E04 reflection says, what's the least important thing you learn in 2E04, right? Um, just because it's, it's helpful to calibrate for the future, just to know if a, a topic didn't resonate. And a couple of times I saw like, oh, you know, such and such, because I could just watch a YouTube video on that, right? And I laugh because you can watch a YouTube video on, everything you could learn the entire chemical engineering degree on youtube if you want the purpose of a university education is threefold it's to give you exposure to the technical content in a structured environment okay that's number one so the technical content you can get that on youtube but at least at university you get it in a sequence and you get it with a certain um you know expertise like describing it to you so there's that the the second thing that it gives you is it gives you the the social and teamwork and time management experience right like it gives you that ability to actually uh, like it gives you that ability to actually interface with each other and i had a former student even drop by the house a few days ago before christmas time like on the 22nd or something that's working at defasco and and they were saying like, you know, the, the former engineer in their position didn't get along with the operators because the operators have been there for 40 years. They know the plant inside and out. And this engineer comes in and is just like, you know, I know all this stuff, like I'm an expert and, and like just completely torched their relationship with the operators before it even started because of being a pompous prick to be totally, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the student, but like, that's something that, that we try to instill this, like the ability to to interface with people of different walks of life that by the way, know more about the plant than you always. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's always that, right? Uh, and the third thing that, that our degree provides is vetting. Like it's a, it's a stamp of approval saying, yes, you know this stuff. You can't get that on YouTube, right? But in order to do that, you need to show up, right? You need to go to the lab, you need to do the stuff. You need to build the breadboard. You need to write the test. You need to not cheat. You need to not let your friends do your assignments for you. And the only way 
to really, un and I used to be completely against it, right? And I used to give optional take-home exams and anything, but like, I've realized that over the last two years that the only way to really feel good, which is my obligation as a professional engineer, right? To feel good about like the approval that I'm giving on this degree is to sit people down and to give them a test and to make them write the test. As much as test anxiety and accessibility and all that stuff needs to be like accounted for, it really is the only bastion of, of safe like assessment left. That's all that's, that's all that's left, I which is depressing, but that's what it is, so. And, and to circle back, I, I think the whole CAV experience or, or the accreditation um, process kind of highlights that, right? Like uh -huh. what, what, we, what we got, what we got a lot of questions about assessment, um, especially in terms of, um, you know, COVID and virtual. And, and as Jake was saying, as you were saying, that we have the responsibility um, as an accredited program to um, make sure that the students that go through this program are um, prepared and are ready to, to be at least a EIT, right? So, mm. yeah, engineering intern, EIT, for those of us uh, not familiar with the lingo, but engineering yeah, so... in training. Sorry? Engineer in training. No. Not is, it, is it engineer and intern? Yeah. So here's a fun story. I got, I, I can't remember who it was, but it was like 4N 2017, maybe 2018, where I was referring it, referring to it as engineering training because that's what it was. But they changed it because the PEO is extremely strict. You're looking it up. I can see him typing. He's typing on the computer. You're, right now. you're absolutely correct. Yeah. I tell you, IT so they changed it. And I, and I learned this from a, from a student because on their co-op fun story, uh, the PEO doesn't want anybody to use the title engineer. Like the word engineer should not be used unless you have a license or unless you're one of the specific things, like you drive a train, uh, or you work on vehicles for the army. I think those are the other two uh, titles where you're allowed to use, like it's legal to use engineer. And so they changed it so that it's engineering intern, so that it's not the word engineer. And they actually uh, made the company, I can't remember the student and I also can't remember the company, which is probably a good thing, but they made the company reprint the business cards of all of their co-op students because all of their co-op students had EIT engineering training on it. And they actually made them all reprint them with engineering intern because they weren't allowed to have those business cards because they weren't allowed to use the title engineer. And I thought that that was first of all, hilarious and a little bit over the top, but yeah. So anyway, engineering intern now, EIT, they kept wow. the acronym, but they changed the, the words. So there you go. The more, the more, you, know. the more you know, Dr. Lung. Um, really quick, really quick, little fun thing. What I wanna, I wanna, take, I wanna take a bet here. What is the next Greek letter that is going to be a variant of consequence for the COVID-19 pandemic? So what's the next? Because like, obviously they're the Delta variant, but there's a lot of Greek letters between Delta and Omicron, right? There's Eta, Epsilon, Zeta, uh, Theta, like all these different letters, if you, if you look at it kind of in order, and I would imagine that they're going in order, but, but the variant that actually makes the news and is big. So um, I've got here... I've got here a quick list of letters that come after Omicron in the Greek alphabet, okay? 
and I want you to choose the one. I'm going to go in order, so you can choose how many like it goes, and, and I want you to choose the one, okay? So we've got pi, rho, sigma, tau, epsilon, phi, chi, psi, and omega. I don't think they're going to do pi because it's confusing. Um... <laughs> Is this the pi, the pi variant? That's the that's what I would choose if I got to choose. But yeah, the pi variant. Yeah, I, I think the next one that sounds cool would be sigma. The sigma but variant. It, yeah. But but they'll probably get a do row. The row variant. You think so? That's only a couple letters away. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> like I mean, they they weren't going in alphabetical order until until Omicron for for whatever reason, right? So they weren't going in alphabetical order. They they, they were. They were. Oh, going they were. Alpha, they were. Beta. They were. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, I mean. I could see pi, but so that but pi is the next one, right? I like know. the next the the you're next. just saying no, like no, we but, got another but one. But they, they they don't call it, they, they don't they don't give it a letter until it is a variant of concern. Oh, okay. But then because they the, do, but then they choose the they choose the letter like based on no, because they're like, oh, they don't want new because like it's very confusing. It's not a new, the new, the new variant. That's hilarious. And then, and then and then apparently they didn't choose C because like uh, or XI because a lot of like people don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> no, because of a lot of Chinese people oh. uh, have that last name and, and the WHO were concerned about that, right? Like, so, so, so that's why they went Omicron. So that's uh, lame. Like, what about the Lambda variant? Lambda variant's pretty cool. There, there was a Lambda variant. No, I don't remember it. What, or the Kappa, <laughs> the Kappa variant. That, that I, sounds, I, I don't know. That sounds dope. <laughs> so I'm imagining it's going to be Phi. You think it's going to be gonna Phi? Be phi or I think it's going to be tau, yeah. like the tau variant. Um, It'll be interesting once we get the omega, what they're going to start doing. Yeah, I don't. Well, I, first of all, I don't think they should ever use omega. Omega has a pretty negative like connotation, right? Or powerful, powerful yeah. connotation. Let's put it that way. A lot of people recognize the omega as being like all powerful, right? Um, well, except for omega-3, you know, eggs. No, that's 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 good stuff. That's yeah. that's that's those are the top of the line eggs. Don't yeah. tell me that omega three eggs aren't the most expensive egg that exists, man. Get out of here. Um, all right, cool. So let's let's take a break. We've been at this for a while. It's been nice to catch up. Let's take a break and come back with our uh, with our interview, and then uh, we're going to talk about some Christmas activities after that. Okay, we are here and very excited to be joined by some very, very special guests, right, Vince? Very special. Right, guests. yeah, and a special location as well. A special location, the Lung Household Living Room is where we are recording this, yeah. having just got stabbed in Settlers of Catan Jr. I am thrilled to introduce our guests, which are our wives. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Laura Neath. I'm Sam Lung. <laughs> and and we have not practiced this, so this is going to be fun. All right, so so you guys are you guys are here. Can you tell us just maybe a little bit about yourself? Uh, what do you do for what do you do for work? And uh, how did you meet your husband? Uh, we met at a Halloween party. Uh, in oh god, two thousand nine, I think. Um, and surprise, surprise, Jake was in was not in a Halloween costume because he's not really into that. Uh, and yeah, we basically met through mutual friends at this party and that was about it. And uh, 
I work for McMaster University. Um, so we commute to work together. That's the uh, pretty much it. Four minutes I look forward to the most every day. <laughs> also, in that Halloween party, Laura was dressed as the seven deadly sin of vanity. So that, there you go. True. Yeah. Um, I am an IC nurse. Well, I was an IC nurse for 13 years. Um, and I have recently switched jobs, so now I work in the recovery room. Um, Vince and I met, I don't know, like 18, 19 years ago. Ooh. We met 2003? 2003. We met at church, and my first impression of him was that he asked a lot of questions, and that is still very true now to this day. Um, yeah, we've been to MAC together, or we went through university together. We went to prom together. We went to prom together. Yeah, nice. Um, we, Did he uh, ask you to prom? Speaking of asking the questions. We, I was supposed to go to his prom, but then I had to fly out of the country that night of his prom. So, so I went I to her prom. Oh. So I didn't go to his prom. Okay. Yeah. And promposal wasn't a thing back no. then. No. But you're the one that asked the questions, Vince. I'm just fair, trying to connect fair. the dots here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we've been married for 11 years. And we have three kids together. There you go. And you yeah. might hear some of them running around upstairs. The so. kids are goaded. It's official. Yeah. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> All right. So we're just going to ask some questions about your husbands. Uh, so, Laura, can you tell us the courses your husband teaches and describe them in one sentence? Or tr try to your best abilities. Okay. Um, so I know there's optimization, which I think it's just, to make everything more efficient. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, I don't exactly know what that entails. Probably some calculations. Me neither. Um, there's a safety, safety plant design and economics is somewhere in there. Um, I don't know how that goes together, but okay. Because it doesn't. It doesn't. Good, good job. <laughs> there you go. That's the perfect description. Uh, there is. I'm thinking of the one in the summer. It was a design course, like a drawing design, where they would, I don't know, model parts or something. Um, I know there's big data. Don't know what that's about. Data well. that's big. I don't know. <laughs> hey. Oh, what am I missing here? You know here? what they say about big data. Um, big data. Mind. <laughs> there you go. Um. Oh shoot. Process control. Not. Well, I do. Yeah, I do. Biomedical control. Oh yeah, the iBiomed one. Good times that one. We oh, that here. was the process loop thing. Except you're using it for body parts. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> okay, that's good enough. You missed. You missed numerical methods. I'm oh, disappointed yes, in you. Yes. I'm disappointed. That's what that was the You've done that one for a long time. Yeah. How about you, Sam? Um, well, he teaches 2G communication. Uh, or wrong, not. Rip. <laughs> he taught 2G. He, he taught. So he, well, he's taught that for many years. Um, that's technical communication. So he teach. It's about how to communicate in technical. Oh, terms that's good. For that's interviewing, good. how to interview and how to write emails and. That's why he's it's so true. good at the podcast. Because he's a good interviewer. Um, he well, he will be teaching fluids, which is uh, 
talks about the movement of fluids. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, what else? Uh, he taught thermodynamics. It's true. Which is, talks about the movement of heat. I mean, if you, <laughs> if you could, so this, the dynamics of heat. That's heat transfer. That's heat transfer. Oh, let, me, let me tell you, if you can describe thermodynamics, then you deserve a position. You got me. Go. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure that everybody, and I'm sure that everybody has a great grip on fugacity yeah. after Vince taught it. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, One more. Uh, he taught Ember, oh, and, which is a bridging program for uh, high school students going to first university yep. over the summer. Not a real course. It's a program. Yes. <laughs> yep. There you it's go. Good. He also teaches uh, an iBiomet course. Yeah. Teaches two PO three. Do you know what that is? I don't. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. <laughs> Genetic, genetic engineering. That's that's no, no big deal. No big deal. Second year genetic <laughs> engineering. You know, that's where they learn yeah. to be like crazy mad scientists. It's, it's fun. Okay. So, um, speaking of mad scientists and genetic engineering and buzzwords, um, Sam, we'll start with you and then move to Laura's second. So, uh, can you tell us about a time that your husband bored you to tears talking about engineering related stuff? I don't think he deliberately talks and like to me about engineering a lot of the times, but there has been an occasion where I was having issues, like I was having trouble falling asleep. And so I asked him to teach me something <laughs> while we were in bed so that he could put me to sleep so I could fall asleep easier. Does that count? No, no, that, that's, that's perfect. So I have no idea what he talked about. Okay, okay, okay. So now i got to ask Vince, what did you try to teach her? I don't even remember. I put, you put yourself to sleep. Pro, 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 probably um, instrument measurements. Measurements? measurements. Yeah. I don't know how that could put somebody to sleep. That's <laughs> yeah. easily the most engaging class that exists. In uh, oh, that was one that we missed in the last yeah. segment too. Yeah. We didn't talk about measurements. Uh, I, I mean, I have recordings of measurements now because you know, <laughs> so, so we could just play them on loop. It's like white noise. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. they play it to put babies to sleep. Yeah. Laura, um, what about you? Uh, I don't know about boring, but on our second date, uh, you went on and on about polymers. Um, you were very excited about that course. First, I guess you were taking it at the time. And I don't exactly know what you were talking about, but you were very excited about it, which made me very excited about it. Hey. Um, (laughs) and. More than I could say for most of my On a second date. Yeah. yourself <laughs> but uh yeah i honestly didn't know anything about polymers and then i left knowing that it was something about plastic extrusion and that's about it this is 4x that's 4x that's yeah. i was taking it as, as an undergrad at the time uh mike thompson represent i would also like to point out that in that date laura ordered the arabiata gnocchi i asked her if she likes spicy oh that food. was hell's kitchen yeah and I asked her if she likes spicy food. She said, not really. I said, are you sure you want to get that? You said, yes. And then you ate two bites of it and didn't even pack it up and take it home. It was a complete waste of my money. So, to be fair, I was like crying, sweating. Oh, I know you were. Like, everything was happening. I thought you were sweating because of the rhythm conversation. My nose was going. Oh. Like, it was 
that polymer conversation. Yeah, right? it gets you gets you emotional. Yeah. All right, so um, I guess we'll we'll go with Laura first now. Um, what what does your husband spend the most time doing for their job? Oh, answering uh, emails for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes we'll be on the couch watching a show and he'll be like, oh, just just a minute. And he'll go get his laptop and come out and then just start typing away. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, just just getting rid of a few emails there. Like just, you know, clearing it out, answering people. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I wish I could tell you that they were all student emails too, but they're not. No. <laughs> what a boring, what a boring job. <laughs> Well, you do have a lot of administration stuff on your end. So. What a boring job. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sam? Um, definitely emails. A lot of emails. Um, all the way up until 11.30, midnight, his phone will go off, and then he'll turn his light on, but I've just got to respond to this one student. There's an assignment due at whatever time. i got to just do this or release this on whatever avenue that he needs to... To, um, put up on uh, or sometimes I'll just tell me I just got to go downstairs for a moment I just got to respond to him yeah, yeah that's like whenever he's on his phone I'm like what are you doing it's like oh just just respond to teams to students. Teams. 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 Pretty much. teams on the phone the biggest trap of all time <laughs> no it's the same for me I'll, I'll say it's the office is right next to the tv room in our house so like the office is not in the basement and so it's the same thing. It's like, I just got to do something and I'll just get up and leave. And that'll be it. And if you can hear that in the background. That's just my kids coming down. Give, give me. Just, just leave it. Great parenting moment. Vince yep. just ran to the bottom of the stairs and wagged his finger at them. Yep. And it's like, go back on your tablet. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. So last, last, uh, last question about, about us before we introduce you to our, our tier list. So, uh, Sam, starting with you again, we would like for you to share something about Vince that our audience does not know about him. So give us some dirt. What's something interesting or, or weird about Vince that you want to share with the, the world. Uh, please keep it professional, if you don't mind. Thank you. So Vince is not a very tidy person, but he's a very clean person. So he has this thing where he's very particular about what types of, or what where he wears what type of pants. So there are pants that he wears outside the house, or his outdoor pants, and then there's pants that he wears around the house, those are his indoor dirty pants. And then there are pants that he wears only to sleep and it only goes on the bed. And he, and same as shirts as well too. So he's very particular about it. We, I thought it was crazy back before, but I guess now with COVID, it makes a little bit more sense, but he's so intense that our kids have learned and they'll want to jump on our bed and they'll be running, running, running and they'll stop themselves at the, at the bed and they'll ask, daddy, am I clean? And then he'll say, yeah, you're okay. And then they'll jump on. Incredible. So does he, so the outdoor pants, so, so my question now, and this is the important one, where is the threshold with which the outdoor pants come off and the indoor pants go on? Like, are there indoor pants in the closet? that he like changes in the doorway or is this like where are the outdoor pants like to the bedroom 
then you've got like where's the the nexus of pants here so there's a bit of a gray area so like right now for example he's wearing jeans in the house and he looks and good too they are they are his outdoor pants no so no. this is but but i washed them on saturday and i only went to my parents yesterday so today's monday so I've never really been outside the car or my parents' house. So so these pants are technically fairly clean. Like I didn't sit on a bus, you know, like no, there's technically fairly clean. I start this is getting hard to track here. So but my my question remains, you get home after a hard yeah. day in the three IO three lab. Yeah. You've been you've been calculating hysterical error, right? Which is what I'm gonna call it. And and you get home. It's like 5.30, just took the bus home. Yeah. When do the outdoor pants come out? So I, I go right straight, away. I go straight to my room. I, so the, the, my, I guess the surface of my pants don't touch any other surfaces. Okay. And I take them off in my closet and I hang them up. Awesome. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Like now right away. Those outdoor pants only? Those in are that out, moment? those are out. I wear one pair of pants ever. Wait. I, I, so you own three pairs of pants? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, 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 so well, indoor. Okay. Yes. Indoor shorts, and then yep. indoor bed shorts, and then outdoor pants. Oh. <laughs> okay. So this is getting weird, right? <laughs> okay, we can cut this out. He also has shower slippers. It's true. And then like slippers normal around slippers. the house. I mean, that, that uh, feels that's, pretty normal. That's, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to slip in the shower. Okay, okay, let's well, move on. Let's move show. on. The poor guy, he's sweating bullets over here. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. All right, Laura, uh, your turn. Uh, oh, little, I don't know anything weird. like that. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's so interesting. Anyway. Yes. No, <laughs> way to, thank you. Way thank to you. Rephrase thank that. you. Way to rephrase that into an insult. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Yeah. Who's crazy now with COVID, right? <laughs> I've got it all. I'm depressed. Uh, I have outdoor pants. <laughs> okay. Laura, okay, honestly, though, I feel like we all kind of internalize that. We just don't think about it outdoor in the pants? same way that Vince does. No, man, I just throw everything in that one basket. I put on I put on a, a tank top yesterday after I showered that was in the bottom of my hamper that the cat had been sleeping on, Ooh. and I have no idea how long it's been there. Uh, that's a no-go. Yeah, I, 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 genuinely, I genuinely pulled it out because it's gray, and that's the same color as the, the hamper, so I legitimately didn't even know it was in there until the cat was sitting on it, and I went to look at him because he's the cutest, and I saw that he was sitting on a piece of clothing, so I took it out and put it on. So there you go. Not exactly. Okay. okay? That's my own special brand of gross. Okay, so what's the question, sorry? Weird things? Yeah, we're getting a little sidetracked. Yeah, what's what's weird about me? Or what's something that the audience doesn't know? Um, Tell them what they want I don't to know if they don't know this, because you probably just do this anyway on the podcast. But sometimes you break out into, like, pop culture references or mostly, like, Simpsons or Seinfeld quotes or something. And you don't explain it to your audience. So if they don't pick up on it then they they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes you'll just break out into something, whether Fair. it's like a song from The Simpsons or whatever, and then I'm just sitting there left guessing, like, oh, is this one from Seinfeld, or do you think it's Simpsons this time? And then sometimes you'll tell me what it is. But um, I do know there's sometimes where my mom has been like, I don't know what this guy's saying half the time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. 
She's told me as much. Yeah. She's like, I, I don't try to listen to you anymore. Yeah. Or maybe if she tries not to listen to me anymore, I can't. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Or she just nods and smiles and yeah. agrees with everything. I, you know, <laughs> Laura's mom has the level of respect where she doesn't need to feel pressured to just nod and smile. She can just tell me as it is. You know, she just, <laughs> she just she says, like, stop, stop. Just stop. You know? I'm like, sorry, Lee. Can I get you a decaf? And she says, sure. Okay. Okay. Thanks. That was super boring compared to Vince's, but you know, thanks for thanks for making me seem pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, everyone learned something about us. Um, so, I mean, this episode is our holiday special. So uh, our tier list this time around is about hol- holiday activities. So we're gonna give you three to just rate uh, on our tier list. Uh, the first one is um, outdoor activities, so like winter activities. How would you rate them? Yeah, From sledding. F to S. Yeah, yeah sledding, sledding, tobogganing, yeah, skating, yeah. building a snowman. Snow forts are better than yeah. snowmen. Okay. I feel like I might give it a C because they're not my favorite, especially if it's really, really cold. Um, but <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I think I'd give it a C. I don't spend a lot of time outside during the holidays. Fair enough. Sam, what do you say? I would give it a D, I oh, think. Because breaking my heart. Well, we've got three kids, and it's a lot of work taking them outside. They're cold outside, and you got to make sure you keep putting their hats back on and their mittens back on. Well, no wonder they're cold. They yeah. love it, so that's why it's not getting an E or an F, because they come back and they're like, oh, it was so much fun building that snowman. But then it's so much work having to clean up all the snow pans and air, all the liquid or the, the water that drips around with their boots and everything is messy. It's a lot of work. So I have to wipe I the would... frozen tears of frustration off your face, <laughs> yes. you know, when you come in. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I would give it a D. Okay. Um, mine is something that I'd be interested to know. So we have the classic uh, family holiday dinner. So if you celebrate Christmas, this is the Christmas dinner with the family. You know, you're this is getting together. We're assuming uh, pre or no COVID times. Okay, so this is actually happening. Get the extended family in from out of town. You know, so uh, so Sam, you can start. You can start with Alan. Um, I would say, I don't know, A or B or. Yeah, because I'm living we, in the negative zone. I'm living. I'm living in backwards. Line. Only because I don't, as a nurse, I don't always get to be there, and so having to like know my schedule and having to plan around that and has made it really hard to be there for family dinners all the time, which is really sad. Or having to go there after work, or having to um, like have dinner quickly and then go to a night shift. So. Dinners have kind of, you know, not been the funnest for me in that sense, but being able to get together with family has been nice. Um, I mean, you know, with the restricted amount of people this year, but it's, uh, but I enjoy it. I like, I don't like the food per se. Turkey's not my favorite. Oh, but... don't even get me started. Don't, <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you made me sound like a huge jerk there. So, yeah, thanks for that. That was great. Look. Um... I'd probably say A or B. I mean, 
Well, okay, so <laughs> no, that. but okay, so we host usually. Yeah. Um, or we have the past few years, and for your side of the family. Yes, for not my for side my, of the family. But I find that. Well, okay. To be fair, I find I enjoy the the family dinners where I don't have to prepare. There it, it is. That's what I thought was going to come up. Um. Now. So in that respect, then I guess my family dinner would be a B because I had to make it. <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> sick of it after all day. But then, like the ones I get to attend as a guest for your side of the family are great because I don't have to do it. Um. But you still get to see all your family. I mean, even the extended family where you've got like prior to COVID where we would have like two or three different get togethers. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you look forward to seeing the people and hear what's new with everybody. And, and honestly, the COVID virtual ones are just not cutting it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was about to make a reference to Christmas vacation, national lampoons, but I, but I'm not going to do that because now I'm self-conscious. So, okay. So let's move on. It's Christmas and we're all in misery there. Okay. There I said you go. It. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, and the last one, um, I guess we'll start with you, Laura. Um, do you enjoy holiday decorating? That is an S for me. I decorate for almost I any holiday <laughs> that I can get my hands on. Um, I don't know. I just like changing things within the house and making it festive. I don't know. I think it's fun for people that come visit. Or I will say that Laura does a terrific job. She has a clean palette so like she prefers like whites and like you know even just tan color like natural wood like colored neutral. stuff for for christmas decorations and it works well in our house uh we have nothing against colorful stuff it just that's what her palette is and we've had people come in and they're just like oh my god this looks great how long did it take you to decorate this and i just look at them and said well it didn't take me any time at all <laughs> i don't even think i was here so so laura puts a ton of time into it and cookies well, I, cookies. true. I enjoy decorating the house and decorating cookies. Like, so do you make a lot of cookies during this time? You don't even. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, we. Well, I call it a cookie blitz. It's like either a whole day, like a Saturday or something, either November or December, and we freeze it. Nice. Or um, this year, I think it was like a two-day thing. Or at least my mom stayed over because we went oh. into the. So like sugar cookies, like we do sugar cookies, shortbread, pecan caramel bars, magic cookie bars, beaver huts, which people know as haystacks. We've got the confetti squares you like that have the peanut butter in them and the marshmallows. Yeah, we got score bars. Score bars. Forgot about those. Bar right there. I don't know. Getting it done. They asked me to help this year. I was there for all of 20 minutes, and then they just said, "Okay, you're in the way. Get out." Said decorating. I would give it an S as well too. I really enjoy it. I I think it's also because it's something that I can have like full reign and control of. Um, I can do it on my own timeline. I can do it like early. I can do it when the kids aren't around, and I get to make stuff and DIY stuff, which is fun. Yeah, give it an S. Perfect. You ever get the kids involved with the decorating? Yeah. Yeah, they make those little snowflakes. Paper bags. Oh, paper bags. These are some, this is good snowflake tech, man. When I was in elementary school, we didn't have 3D snowflakes. Yep, and I do zero work, just like you say. Nice. Well, that's because we're too busy answering emails. Yeah, I mean, I help with the fake Christmas tree, 
Oh, I, I, hey. put the, I put the star up there because I'm the tall one, right? So there you go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we, and that, that's about it. Yeah, we like the. Uh, we have a we have a fake tree for upstairs. We like to get a real one in the downstairs, which usually means we get it from my parents' cottage. But then our, we are restricted to only trees that are grow, growing close to the hydro lines, and then we can only take the top six feet off of that. So usually, if our tree has more than like eight branches, we're doing pretty well for ourselves. So it's a bit of a it's a classic. So. All right, you made it. That's it. Thank you so much. Uh, anything else you want to add in before we call it? All right. Uh, so congrats and you know, all the best. Sam, all the best. Laura, I'm sorry in advance <laughs> for whatever I'm going to say on the, on the car ride home. But uh, you guys did great. Thank you so much. And I guess we see you all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope our listeners enjoy listening to our wives, so there you go. 10 out of 10. So welcome back. Hope you enjoy um, our interview with our special guests um, as much as we enjoy them. So, and we do um, all, all the time. Good, good times. Good time had by all. The company is great around here. Exactly. Yeah. And as always, we're doing our tier list. And to stay on our holiday special theme, we're going to talk about Christmassy things or holiday things um, and pretty much just holiday traditions around this time of the year. Um, and how and the judging criteria is just how much we enjoy them. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, it's very subjective as usual. Um, and so why don't we get started? Um, Jake? What are your thoughts on Christmas sweaters? Uh, so anyway, <laughs> so I guess we should say that this is going to have no, like it's stuff that you do. It's stuff that you eat. It's stuff that you like, you know, whatever. There's like no tying thing. It's just, if it has the word holiday or Christmas in it, or it happens during December and then it's the thing. Um, <laughs> so, so I have some Christmas sweaters that I love so i like christmas sweaters i think christmas sweaters are fun i think it's a shame that we can't wear them a little bit more often like for example you see somebody wearing a christmas sweater in january you like roll your eyes a little bit and that's that's a shame because it's a it's a warm and and fun thing to do it's by no means like the the be all end all so i'm going to give christmas sweaters like a b i have a couple of christmas sweaters that i'm very happy with i have a new jersey devils christmas sweater that i love uh, I am a de- yeah yeah the look on Vince's face right now says it all. I have a I have a I'm a Devils fan. Um, I'm a Devils fan from when I was a kid. So I played goalie as a kid. Big Martin Broder guy. Love Mark. Love Martin Broder. Love the the late '90s, early thousands squad. You know Scott Niedermeyer and Stevens and Patrick Eliash, Snipe and Ched, and, and like they won a Stanley Cup in that time. Or actually, I think they won two Stanley Cups in that time. Um, but I'm going to second guess myself. And um, and they were just. I don't know. I liked, I liked it. I liked Broder as a, as a kid. So, so now I'm still a devil's fan and they're just the worst. They're the worst franchise. I, they, maybe not as bad as the Buffalo. Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. The Sabres. Okay. So, so funny story. I like a few years ago, I got, this is not to do with Christmas sweaters, but I got a Christmas gift from, from my brother-in-law who uh, the Christmas gift was tickets to see the New Jersey devils play the Buffalo Sabres. This is like 2017 winter or something like that. And, um, and so he got us both a ticket and that was my present. And then we drove down there in his Ford Explorer to, to watch the devils play the Sabres. 
and it was the worst hockey game. The the Devils lost two nothing. So at least the home team won, I guess. So like that made it kind of a little bit better. The arena was pretty nice. I liked the arena. It was cool. It's just like it was the worst hockey game. I think the Devils had like 14 shots on net or something. Like it was it was so bad. So anyway, um my other Christmas sweater is a Super Mario Christmas sweater, which might be my pride and joy. It's got like a big knit bowser like coming out of it's um it's in the theme of super mario world so the super nintendo version of super mario that's the animation style so it's got bullet bills it's like a it's like a bowser's castle christmas sweater so it's got bowser and super mario in a cape and then like the patterning around like the collar and the cuffs and whatever is all bullet bills and bombs and thwomps and it's all like the enemies uh from super mario world which i i love it i love it so um christmas sweaters I like Christmas sweaters. So there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, just to talk about the New Jersey Devils, that's the only team I could think of when you talk about New Jersey Devil, the 90s brew duo. Yeah, right. I mean, I the past 20 years has been forgettable. So um, perhaps. perhaps. <laughs> oh, they did have a run to the finals in like 2014 as the eighth seed in the East. And they lost to the LA Kings, the sixth seed in the West. Um yeah, but they did have that run. But like, yeah, they're yeah. terrible. The, that's the Jonathan Quick. <laughs> that was and, the Jonathan uh, Quick. Uh, Kopitar team. Quick, yeah. The Devils went down three nothing in that final series, and then they won the next two in a row. So at least they made it respectable. But they lost in Game Six. I mean, Devils plays boring hockey, right? Ever since Brodeur's day, they just they just play defense, right now. So well, not recent. Like it's interesting, right? Like so, there were a couple of years there in like 2018, 2019, where the Devils had like they were scoring like four goals a game now they weren't winning any hockey games but but they were scoring a lot of goals right they had uh, taylor hall won a um heart trophy uh for mvp at 97 points that year or or something like crazy high and and like they were actually outputting some offense but um i guess it goes to show that you can't have everything you can't have a team that's defensively minded and a team that's offensively minded because they still like didn't make the playoffs so yeah. Is there a more storied career of somebody who just gets the shaft on like chances to be great than Taylor Hall? Like poor Taylor <laughs> Hall, right? Like, has he ever, like, he's never made the playoffs. Like he, he played for the devil. He played for the Oilers. Oilers are just a gong show at least. And, and they were. And then as soon as he leaves, the Oilers get Connie McDee, right? So now all of a sudden, like he could have been on a, like a power line with Connor yeah. McDavid. He goes to the Devils. He played for the Sabres for a while. He plays on the Bruins now, I think. I, who knows? But poor guy. Like, geez. It was brutal. Yeah. yeah. Got stepped on in the head and warm up once when he was like in his second year in the league and had, had like get all these stitches. So yeah. And, and, and remember that year when they were drafted, like Tyler or Taylor. And then now they're both, I mean. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyways. Uh, in terms of Christmas sweaters, just to preface this, um, so I was born in Hong Kong. I came here when I was nine. I have no idea what Christmas, I mean, I, I know what Christmas was. I mean, I grew up in a Christian family, right? But I knew what Christmas was, but I didn't know any of the Western Christmas um, traditions. So when I found out about Christmas sweaters, I, pro- I was probably like a teenager at that time, and I just thought it was weird. Uh, I don't own any um christmas sweater we have to fix that <laughs> um and as my students know i got called out on on this one um i wear the same sweater i mean i wear the same clothes every day 
um and, and they're like why do you wear the same hoodie every day and i was like well it's literally what's in my closet and so um and i, got, I do I laundry mean, every day thank you <laughs> i mean i do laundry <laughs> once a week i wear the same pair of jeans and same pair uh, same, same sweater for seven days a week and then i just put in the laundry and then i wear the same thing again and that's anyway. incredible i had no idea <laughs> um so uh, Chris's sweater would get uh, I'll give it a D because I don't I don't I, I guess I get it I mean it's nice it looks comfortable it's uh ugly um but people seem to enjoy enjoy it but yeah. I I personally don't have any and I don't think Sam has any so again yeah. may, maybe things have to change uh but yeah now I'm going to say there's two tiers to the Christmas sweater, even right. There's two variants. Uh, oh God, sorry, that's fair. sorry, sorry. Um, there's two. That, versions. That's, a tr- that's a trigger word. Shut okay, up. so <laughs> <laughs> um, there's two versions of the Christmas sweater. There's the print Christmas sweater, which is just like a sweater with ugly patterns printed on it, uh, which I don't respect as much. Yeah, that's um, not real. And then there's the true knitted like Christmas sweater which is what mine are, both of them, including the Super Mario one, uh, which is like, that's what makes it even better. It's like that coarse knit, like pattern. Um, and like that, that's the one, to be fair, that's the one that gets a decent grade for me. A, a printed Christmas sweater. Sometimes you can get funny stuff on it. Like I have a buddy that has one that says son of a nutcracker. And I have another friend that says, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Uh, because of course, uh, everybody loves Christmas vacation. But, um, but yeah, I think the true knitted ones are, are the best ones, but they're also kind of like rare and expensive. So uh, moving on. So that's a B for me and a D from, from Vince on the Christmas sweaters. Um, another tradition that we all know and maybe love, maybe don't love are those awkward family Christmas dinners, uh, like where you have to like travel around hell's half acre as my dad would call it. And like, you know, go to all your like extended family Christmas dinners. So I want you to just pick out a typical Christmas dinner with extended family. That's what we want to talk about right now. Yeah. So granted all my extended families are around Mississauga. So that's good. We don't need to travel. Um, I, I think I enjoyed a lot more when I was a kid, um, I think you just enjoy Christmas a lot more when you're a kid. Um, <laughs> it's it's Christmas and we're all in misery. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but I, I I mean, I like my cousins. I mean, I only have a pair of cousins that are here. I'm an only child. I don't have... Are they family. super cousins, Vince? The, no, the, 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 they're Man. normal cousins. <laughs> they, they, they're on my dad's side. Um, and so it's good. I mean, once I got married, we'll, we have to go see both sides of the family. And, and and the food is usually good. Um, we usually try to have um, the Canadian experience. I guess we we get a, like yesterday we had a turkey, um, like the smallest turkey you could think of. It's it's like like three kilograms or something. It looks like a chicken. Uh, the one that we had yesterday. Okay. Uh, ham. I like ham. Um, and then yeah. a, a couple of the. The year before COVID, we we actually had my family over and we we played um, like minute to win it games and that was fun and, nice. and so like so things like that like uh, so I'm not super sentimental. Sam is very sentimental. Like she really enjoys like Christmas time and, and Christmas dinner and and, and all this stuff. Um, so I have to give it a B. Um, 
I, I think it's just a good time to get get people over that there's like my family's relatively small there's no real like awkward family dynamics or, or like weird you know how some families have like no no i wouldn't know anything like, about that Vince. like 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 that <laughs> what that one uncle that like nobody likes but that they have to invite like <laughs> I, I, I only have one uncle that's here so it's so like it's it's it is what it is um i think the best time I, the best food i had was um we had hot pot one year which is like an asian thing where we're have you ever had a hot pot jake i have not it's it's like fondue but like we we put meat in it like it's like a big pot of hot water and literally you just put like meat and stuff and then you like eat we enjoy that like so so as kids i think we did more of that kind of stuff uh rather than like the turkey i don't know why like nope like nobody in my family likes turkey like yesterday the comment about the turkey is like oh it's not dry so it's it's decent you know like like, i think turkey is an overrated meat. It yeah. is an overrated food stuff. I, I said this yesterday. I, I'm glad to hear you say it truly. Cause like I said yesterday to Laura, I was like, Turkey is fine, but like, it's not that good. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. The, the, the best Turkey I had was at Sam's aunt's place. We ordered one that was smoked and it was good. It was good. Anyways. Um, overall, the food is usually, you know, meh, but like, you don't go to a Christmas dinner just for the food. You you go for the family. Yeah. And, and I would give it a solid B. Yeah. So. I think for me, uh, I, I, I totally agree with that. It was, it was better when you were a kid. Like in, when you're a kid, I actually genuinely look forward to Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner every year. Um, it's like the highlight of the year, just because you get to like mess around and like, you know, my cousins and I, I have a lot of cousins on both sides of the family. My mom has, uh, 12 brothers and sisters so got a pretty big extended family on that side of my dad has has three brothers so and and one of them had four kids that are all around my age right so um so i've got a pretty big extended family and that's a lot of fond memories for me nowadays it's a little bit more painful there's a little bit more family drama uh, which i just try to stay out of um but it doesn't really work all the time uh, which is too bad, but uh, still some of my favorite things to do, even as an adult, uh, we did some minute to win at games last time. I, I did a, a Christmas dinner on my mom's side of the family, uh, which was in, I think it was in Brampton or Burlington around there. Uh, they like in the condo building of one of my aunts, she like rented the downstairs room. And, um, and like the other thing that my, my extended family loves to do is play cards. And so like, you know, it's just an, ex- it's just an excuse to get around a bunch of different card tables and to play euchre we love to play euchre for example and and i think that's a lot of fun i i i like to play with my cousins i like to play with my uncles and and my aunts and stuff and that's something that i still very much value i value that time to to play cards i think it's i think it's good um in terms of the actual dinner yeah i could take it or leave it i <laughs> i really could um you know, the, the concept of like turkey plus potatoes, plus stuffing, plus corn and carrots, and then like gravy. I was just like, I've, I've had enough of that. You know, a couple, two years ago, we had, we, we always host Christmas for Laura's family at our house, um, just because, you know, it's kind of central and there's not that many people. It's just usually her mom and her brother. And, and that's who we had on Christmas Eve this year. And we did the full turkey dinner this year, but last year I made like prime rib. Nice. Uh, and then like next year we're planning on having like macaroni and cheese or something like that. Cause like I make like homemade macaroni and cheese and it's good, you know, and I like, it doesn't need to be 
turkey dinner. It was this year, but but it's not my favorite. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I'll give it the B. I, I really do value the family time um, quite a bit uh, for different reasons now than when I when I was a kid. Uh, and I don't see people very much anymore. Like, man, I remember as a kid, we used to have like Sunday dinner at Nana and Grandpa's, like my dad's side, like every Sunday, like, or at least there was, it always seemed like, cause it's a big family. There was always a birthday or there was always a something, right? So it's like every other Sunday or every Sunday we would always go. And we used to like, that's where I learned to golf, like in their front yard. And, you know, that's where I learned to play tennis. They had a, like a, a, a asphalt, like tennis court in the back with like a net set up. And we used to like mess around there. And I have a lot of really fond memories of that, but we don't really have that anymore. You know, my grandparents moved out of there and now uh, my Nana lives in a condo in Toronto. And it's just like, it's like totally different. Right. So yeah. I, I, I like the Christmas dinner if it, if it brings people back together, because it gives me a, a, a glimmer of what I had when I was a kid. Right. So um, speaking of things that we do with the family. So uh, there's a couple of subcategories to this next one. Um, oh, wait, is it your turn? It's your turn, right. To do the next one. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry. Yeah. So, so like you said, there are subcategories. Um, the main category is gift exchange. Right. Um, and the subcategories like gift exchange just with the family. And then there's, you know, different types of games like secret Santa with your friends or, or white elephant or what, whatnot. So what are your thoughts on, on gift exchange um, under those categories? So I like gift exchange. It's better to give than receive. And I truly believe that I like the number of times that I've been like super thrilled about gifts that I've been giving. And like, I've been more excited to see people open that than to open anything myself. And that's a hundred percent sincere. I think it's great. Uh, Laura is amazing at, um, at like picking up on hints uh, better than I ever am. So like we always have an elite present at like once a year for each person, like birthday or Christmas or kind of whatever we'll have, like doesn't even need to be expensive, but it's like, that's like hits the money spot. Um, and we've been doing a really good job. So I love, I love gift exchange. I'll give with the family an A. I like gift exchange with the family. I like my family is very generous to each other. So we give, nice presents we get nice presents it's a good feeling it all kind of comes out in the wash a little bit except for my parents they spend way more than than the kids do but whatever um they they can they can afford it and i can't so uh secret santa i think is dumb i don't like secret santa the end uh i'm gonna give secret santa an f i secret santa is like i don't i don't like what's what's the point vince like, what's the point of secret santa it's like just so that we have a reason to like get together in the office and drink for one day, like to like open our secret Santa presents. Like what is actually the point of that? I don't get it. And like, there's nothing worse than pulling somebody on secret Santa that you just don't know all that well. And I'm just like, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, do you really need another like $50 LCBO card or $25 like I, Apple iTunes card? Like, no, nobody needs that. So just forget, forget the secret Santa. Like I don't feel the same excitement about secret Santa once in a while you'll get somebody and you, you have just like the perfect gag or like, like a joke gift to give them. And then that's fun, but I don't know. And like white elephant, or we used to play Sinterklaas, uh, which is involves a die and like rolling the die. I find it takes a very long time. I I'm, I'm fine with it, but it is kind of fun to like see where your gift ranks and like how, how much people want it or, or whatever. I don't know. So I'm going to give white elephant or, or Sinterklaas a, a D 
just because it's not as bad as Secret Santa, but it's still pretty painful and I don't care much for it. So there you go. Yeah, so I'm the opposite of you. Like I I don't like gifting in general. Like, I, I mean, my family's not a big gifter and Sam like let me have it every every time. Not, not just Christmas time. Anytime there is uh, occasion for gifts, she, she's just like, no, like she is really into gifting and, and yeah. she, and she's exactly like what you're saying, right? Like she likes to think about what other people would like. Yeah. This um, is why I like Sam more than I like you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. No thanks. problem. And, and, and um, <laughs> like, like she, she would, you know, picture how that person would open the gift. So like she would wrap it in a certain way so that when she, when they open it, they'll, they'll see it in this angle first. Oh, like wow. She, now she, that's, that's pretty, she, uh... Like she thinks about all those things, and I'm just like, uh, why don't you just get them like a gift card? Because you know they could buy whatever they want. <laughs> no, see, right there, no. Yeah, them, I, if you're gonna give a gift that's a gift card, PSA, just don't do it. Okay, yeah. just don't do it. Either get them something or give them cash because you know what's better for buying whatever they want? Cash. cash. Gift card is the worst gift. Okay. In terms, like, and I, uh, I, I say this and I full well know that people are going to like, listen to this and like, they've given me a gift card and I don't want to disrespect it, but like, it just seems like the gift card, right? It's just like, it's money, but it's money you have to spend in one particular way. It's just like, I feel like it would be more versatile if you just made it more open, more open-ended than that. Anyway, I'm not going to say anything else because I'm going to like ostracize people that have given me gift cards in the past. And I don't mean to like upset anybody, but like, I don't buy gift cards. I, I don't buy gift cards. Let's put it that well, way. We, we buy gift cards for our kids' teachers. Um, that, well, okay, that, that's, yeah. yeah. Anyways, with the family, so like, I would give it an A. Um, like, although I'm not a gifter, like, I like it. I think that they're, I think for Sam, it's very stressful in terms of like what we need to get. Um, not so for me because I just rely on Sam to get gifts. Um, and, and I mean, I mean, since Sam would ask me, he's like, what should we get for your parents? I, I don't know. Oh, um, I get that way. If there's somebody I don't care about, um, that sounded bad. But like, if there's somebody that whose gift is like, I, I could, you know, I don't have any special idea for this yeah. person, then I'm just like, I don't know, like uh, we can get them yeah. something. So, so I think the idea of gift exchange with the family is good. Like we, we were at, her like her aunt's place with her grandparents on christmas day like seeing the kids opening presents it was great um you know my 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 family or my parents were over with us just like 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 let's just say this past um this past christmas my my mom is really into crocheting um and she crocheted like an olaf snowman like from frozen um, for those who don't know who Olaf for, is. For those of us that are listening that, that have no idea what just happened, the hand movement that Vince yeah. just made while describing crocheting was unbelievable. <laughs> so, so, um, but like when, when Naomi opened it, like she was genuinely like excited, like her face was all red. It's like, it's Olaf. Like, so I, I think those moments is mm. the a moment mm-hmm. where, where where they're like wow it's so good um like i said christmas is much better for for kids um i don't get i don't get that way in terms of gift i think i did get that way when i was a kid but 
as like seeing people being very happy with your gift, um, especially with the family. Yes. Um, I, I think that's an A. Secret Santa, I'm with you. I mean, I haven't done Secret Santa since I was very, very young. Uh, no, I mean like teenagers. Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand the point. Um, you usually get things that you don't want and then you also get things that people don't want usually. Um, <laughs> Well, that's just it, right? Like that's the whole purpose for me. That's the most validating part of giving gifts is, is that, and it's absent, right? So, yeah. Um, so, so that's an F white elephant. I would also give it an F like it, it could get like, if, if your gift is the one that like nobody wants, it could, <laughs> yeah, it, it could get pretty, uh, so nasty uh, for you. So a funny you version of white elephant that I like to participate in that we haven't done in a couple of years is uh, some of our family friends do this thing called uh, 12 beers of Christmas and they have a house party and like, you know, before Christmas or, or whatever. And what you do is your admission to the house party is that you bring either 12 like regular cans of beer or like six tall cans and you just go to the LCBO and you just buy whatever, like could be anything. So, and like, sometimes people like put a gag in there they like put something like awful or they put like a smirnoff ice or something like a tall can of that and then you wrap them right in wrapping paper and then you bring them and then you put them all in the fridge or you put them all outside and then everybody when you go to get a drink you have to go take a can that's not yours so you have to take a wrapped can that that came from someone else and then you unwrap it and like see what you get and you have to finish it before you can go to the next one and like that's the best secret santa that i've been a part of in, in forever because it's hilarious, right? So I think that's kind of fun. So shout out to uh, shout out to Neil and Nina for their 12 beers of Christmas party. I think it's a great time and I miss it. I miss it very much. I'm hoping that we can do that again someday. So, all right, um, about halfway through here. So uh, this is a quick one, Vince, uh, advent calendar. Yeah, so um, we actually did one this year. Um, we don't like the chocolate ones. Um, I never had advent. I, I didn't even know what an advent calendar is until I was like maybe, maybe like three, four years ago, when Sam introduced me to the idea of advent calendar. Um, <laughs> I was today um, years old. Okay. Um, um, so we got one this year that was Lego. Um, and, oh, nice! So every year, every day that they would open up, uh, and then they get this little pack of Lego. Um, we bought we have a lot of lego this year i'm getting um, that uh, i'm getting yeah. that idea yeah. and, and and uh the kids love it it's lego friends it's like it's like i don't know little friends figurines or whatnot um but the kids love it uh we this year also uh with the advent calendar sam made these like um ornaments um that are called like jesse tree ornaments um like there's like a little bible story on every day and so we coupled that with that and, and it was it was a good tradition that we're starting apparently um uh that we'll do every year so we'll we'll pick another advent calendar next year um i don't know what it's going to be but this kid seems to like it so i'll, I'll give it a, i'll give it a b um I, I i think it's just like it builds anticipation for the kids to to get right. into christmas um yeah but overall, I mean, I like it wasn't a tradition where I grew up with, but but it's the seat. I mean, the kids seem to like it. So, yeah, um, it, it will be a B for me. Cool. Yeah, I don't have I don't have kids. Uh, so the advent calendar kind of rings a little bit hollow. We get a nice advent calendar from my mom every year. It's got chocolates in it, uh, like good, good chocolates. 
Um, and like, we appreciate that. Laura likes to eat the chocolates, the act of opening a, you know, the window to count down Christmas. I don't really count down Christmas because it is associated with me with exam season and just like all, uh, everything, all hell breaking loose or whatever. So I don't it's know. The, the worst advent, time of the year. It's, it's, it's pain. It's just painful. Um, so the advent calendar for me, I'll give it like a, a C minus or a D like, I'll give it like, I don't know. I just, I don't have kids. I don't, I don't see the excitement. I, I don't mind it. And I think it's nice. It's a nice gesture, but like, I don't need to open presents uh, yeah. every day or like open a chocolate every day or, or whatever. Um, but I've kind of always been that way. Like when you're a kid, if you, you ever get like a kinder surprise or, or whatever, so yeah, like yeah. it comes a little toy. Like I could, like, I could not possibly care less as a kid. Like I can tell you with confidence that I just didn't care about like seeing what the toy was or even like a happy meal toy. Like I didn't really, I don't know. I just, it just doesn't really, that's doesn't weird. really resonate with I, me. I only eat the kid or surprise for the, for the chocolate. Who cares about the toys? It's decent chocolate. Yeah. All right. So the next one is just winter activities. Um, you know, building snowman, going skating, going sledding, those things. Ooh, yeah. Uh, some of my fondest memories is outdoor activities. Uh, during Christmas time. And like nowadays we don't get any snow, uh, but don't worry Vince because global warming is not a thing, but anyway, so we don't have any snow to, to do over Christmas time. I, I could take it or leave it with the snowman. My buddies and I would always used to try to make the biggest snowball we possibly could uh, just to see how long it would take to melt in the spring. to See if we could like get it past May to like melt this giant snowball. So we would get like create, like we would have like five, six guys like trying to roll this giant snowball to make it bigger and bigger. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I love, tobogganing though i love sledding um we used to do some amazing like we don't do it anymore we're like adults and we're too big but the snowmobiles at my my parents place up north like there's a lot of like open land and we have some old snow we have some newer snowmobiles that we take on rides but we also have some like old beater snowmobiles and we would tie gt snow racers to the back of the snowmobiles um on a rope and just rip around the fields at like super fast and like try to like stay on this, this gt snow racer or we would tie two gt snow racers equidistant behind it and we would do what's called gt wars which is somebody would drive the snowmobile and then the other two would just fight and the first one to fall off like well whoever is able to stay on like wins and like my brother has an incredible scar on his on his eyebrow from like where he like ran into the back of the snowmobile once because he was too busy celebrating after he knocked me off that he went right into the back of the snowmobile that had stopped and it's incredible um and we also live on a on a cliff or like the cottage is up on a cliff it's not like a lake cottage it's it's more like a like a farm i guess it's like lots of land uh, but it's up on a cliff and the access hill to the cliff is closed in the, in the winter because you just can't get up it. it's too steep um, but it is open as a snowmobile trail so the snow is always nice and packed down and so it's about a mile long this hill uh, and it like twists and goes around it's very steep and we would just like go tobogganing down that and have somebody on a snowmobile to drag you back up to the top and we used to always have a competition like the purpose of the of the run down the hill was not to uh, get to the bottom first it was to be the only one to get to the bottom so like if you ever got ahead you would like slow down and try to like kick the person off as they went flying past you and like we would go like 50 kilometers an hour because like people would be on the snowmobile like behind you uh, just to see how fast you were going like you could rip down these hills and they're all like the ditches are deep and full of rocks and like snow and it's, it's great I loved it so I'm going to give winter outdoor activities my highest grade because honestly it is so 
and like, I love skating and, and stuff too, but like based on, based on that experience, um, it is my favorite thing to do in the snow. So there you go. It's my top grade of S for sledding in particular, but outdoor winter activities, big fan, big fan. Sound very unsafe. Oh uh, yeah. Well, it is. <laughs> um, so winter activities, I don't know how to, I mean, I know how to skate, but I don't skate. Um, I used to love going out and build snowmen. And I, I, I think for sledding, um, we didn't do much of it um, when I was a kid. But I mean, I mean, who, who doesn't like playing the snow, right? I think as an adult, um, I'm a little bit more of a grumpy old man now. Um, but um, I, I like... Uh, I think I like the idea of, of just going out uh, with the kids and, and just sledding and all that stuff. Um, coming home with, uh, you know, a cup of hot chocolate and just sitting there and melting or, or I guess, de-icing or, or whatever, um, thawing um, and all that stuff. Um, I, I would give winter activities an A. Um, it's, it's fun. Uh, like you said, there's not a lot of snow, which is disappointing yeah. um, but but when there is it's it's a lot of fun um, yeah. and so so here's a so here's a question i i asked earlier in the episode the episode like at the very beginning is there anything more of a come down than boxing day and then you told me it's naomi's birthday so i felt like a total jerk but so here's here's another one is there anything more depressing than the first day you wake up as an adult after a heavy snowfall and your first thought is not excitement, but it's dread instead, because either you got to commute or you got to shovel it or whatever. There's, there's that, there's a tipping point, right? Like there's a point in your life where you wake up and you look outside and there's like a foot and a half of snow. And instead of saying, oh my God, it's a snow day or, oh my God, it's snowed and blah, 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 blah You say, oh, fuck. <laughs> right? Like there's that. Yeah, like, so if it snows a lot during, like, the winter break, it's completely fine, right? Like, if it's, like, Christmas Day, like, perfect. Let, let's go out and have fun. But if it's, like, a work day, exactly what you're saying, right? Like, it's, it's like, oh. The worst. Yeah. It's I got to wake up at 5 to, like, shovel the, this driveway so that I could drive to work for an 8.30 lecture. Or, you know, things like that. It's oh, just, like, Yeah. <laughs> It's painful. So, so here's a, like, it's so depressing. So here's another question. Let's say that we do have online school, uh, except maybe it's like hybrid. Okay. So let's imagine for a second in, in the winter term, it's like hybrid school. If there's enough snow that they close the university, will you still do online classes? <laughs> see, this is what keeps me up at night. You see, I, 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 I don't know. Like, yeah. like what, what, whatever the university tells me that I have to do, I will have to do. No, see, I, like, I would prefer- if it's, I would prefer not to, but yeah. then it also screws up the the whole like scheduling. I'm like, oh, now, now I got to double up on my lecture and like talk fast. Yeah, but that was always right? the case, right? If there was an actual closure, right? So my, my question is if there's a, cl a school closure, right? Would you just say like, oh, we're just going to do an online class or would you no. just- No, like if, if the school is closed, I'd be like, oh yeah, like school is closed. Yeah, then me no. too. I want, I want that to be very clear right now that like I'll put my money where my mouth is. If there's ever a school closure, even during hybrid learning or like online learning, I'm not doing class. Screw it. Because if there's a school closure, I got shit to do, man. I got a shovel, you know, I got to like deal with all this garbage. So yeah, I'm, I'm taking the day off. 
snow day is a snow day to me and it will always yeah. be so there you go i'm well, glad i'm glad I, I, I remember in university maybe like 2007 or 8 or no 2007 maybe like what well, we we had like three snow days yep. in in one year and yep. it was like the, this one day that was like super icy it was fantastic it was great yep, yep. i totally i, I remember because that's where i lived at my house i like i remember once i shoveled the driveway like four times in one day during a snow day because it snowed so much as right? a and student sh- you had to you had to shovel as a student i, I own the house oh, um, that's fair so and go. and i shared the driveway with uh, the world's greatest lady Anne. Anne morlock lived by herself um Still does, uh, but she was a shared driveway with with me, and like, yeah, I would shovel, and like my housemates, we would get out there and shovel. Yeah, I don't know, I, I would see students out there shoveling all the time when I was when I was at that house. So, um, granted, I didn't have a car, so I didn't care. So I yeah, just like walked yeah, out and like, we had whatever. a car, but like even still, it's mostly just about accessibility for the mailman and stuff, and and like uh, I didn't want Anne shoveling. Like I would rake her leaves and stuff too. I I do everything for her, so you know, I love her, but. Um, See, anyway. the, the, that's why the in-winter activity gets an A and not an S because of all that thought behind. You know, but even still, even shoveling or whatever, like my dad has a snowblower, which uh, as I learned recently is like coward Canadian strats apparently, but I'm getting a snowblower too because I want to be, I don't have a big driveway, but I want to be the guy that gets up at like five in the morning, like you said, when I know it's been snowing and I want to like blow out the sidewalks in my neighborhood. Like I want to be that guy, right? I just want that title. I want to be the, the dude that, that blows all the snow off the sidewalk. So you don't have to shovel and like does the neighbor's driveway. I just like, it would give me such deep satisfaction. And I have access to a snowblower because Laura's mom has a snowblower that, that her dad used to use because they got a huge driveway, uh, but it just sits there unused. So I'm going to take it. So like, I'm not going to buy a snowblower, but like, I just want to have it so that if that chance comes right in like February that I'm ready to like be the guy on the Canadian tire commercial that turns on the pot of coffee, goes outside, blows all the snow, comes back in, pours a cup of coffee at seven in the morning and listens to the radio about how bad the commute's going to be. You know, that's, that's what I want. And, and then you go coach Tim, but hockey. And then I go coach Tim at hockey. I did coach T-ball this year. Right. So that's, that's, but what's the etiquette? Like at what time can you turn on that snowblower and then people won't complain about the noise? Great question. Great question. I think for snowblower 6am, you get a snowblower going to 6am. I think more people appreciate what you're doing. Cause like there are people out there shoveling and like starting their cars and scraping stuff off. Right. So I understand that's a little bit noisy, but I think 6am for the snowblower um later than that for the lawnmower lawnmower there's no excuse you don't need to get that shit going until like you know nine o'clock but snowblower i think people know that you need to get out and that especially if you're going to do the sidewalk for them or whatever that i think i think 6 a.m is fine it's a good question though i hadn't thought about that um speaking of which last uh last one from me here uh do you like watching christmas movies vincent I, I, I mean, I don't. Um, the the only Christmas movie that we would watch probably is Home Alone. It's a good. It's a good movie. It's a good uh, movie. The first Joe, two. Joe Pesci's finest role. The, the the first two. Um, we we were trying to find like, yeah, like I mean, the we 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 could put put up a Christmas movie, but it's never a really old tradition for for our family. So I would give it like a C like it's yeah. 
it, it is what it is. Uh, a lot of Christmas movies aren't great. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Hallmark movies, as they call yeah. them. Yeah. Laura loves to watch a Hallmark movie. I won't be caught dead, right? I won't be caught dead. I would rather, you know, rewatch the story to Halo 5 than freaking a Hallmark movie. Man. My, my, my parents love Hallmark movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But anyways, that's so it's a C for me. Yeah, I would say you? it's a C too. I don't watch a lot of movies. Like I don't rewatch a lot of movies. I watch a fair amount of like, you know, uh, media like movies and tv i guess but i don't re-watch things very often and so i have trouble with christmas movies because you always want to watch the same one i would say for me it's it's christmas vacation i i probably quote christmas vacation way too much uh, there are some top tier lines in christmas vacation and and i like that um movie but is is christmas vacation a good movie not really but do i like it yes i like it because of you know, laughing about it with my dad, you know, I don't know. It's like something that it's very rare that my dad and I agree on, on movies or music or, or TV or anything like that. He's a very different person when it comes to that sort of stuff, but we definitely, there are some things that we agree on uh, like, you know, treasure Island, like the old treasure Island or, or, or Christmas vacation. And, and so that's something that we can both relate to or like happy Gilmore. We both like happy Gilmore. Right. So is that a Christmas movie? No, no, but I'm just like, you know, I, gotcha. you know, hockey, so gotcha. it just kind of came into my mind there when I was. Going through that. <laughs> and then there's always the argument, like is die hard a Christmas movie um, or, or whatever. And I don't want to get into that because I don't even really watch die hard like I've, I've seen it once, you know, so I see the memes, I see the, I see the jokes, but like, you know, I don't know, but I agree. See. All right. Last one. Um, are you someone that put up Christmas decorations? I am not. Laura is. I feel like the answer with you is going to be very similar. So I do not care for decorations. When I was an undergrad, I would put lights on my house just because, you know, you have, it's a new house, you know, you're a new homeowner. So uh, there's a lot of pride there, I guess, uh, like homeowner's pride. So I put like lights on the house. Um, I don't mind decorating a tree. Like I don't mind getting a tree, but I'll be honest, our house is spectacular. Like the decorations in our house are fantastic and very like very clean and very like attractive to me there's not a lot of hokey christmas stuff in our house because laura is a very like chic decorator sort of thing so like we got the winter theme but not a lot of reds and greens but we have a lot of like whites and 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 like blues in our house for christmas and she does a fantastic job uh do i care i mean i like it so i guess i care a little bit would i care enough to do it myself no and she she knows that but she doesn't complain so Christmas decorations for me, I'm going to get like the, mostly for the activity. I don't really care to do it, but am I against it? No, uh, it looks, looks good. Right. So. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm exactly the same way. I mean, we don't put up lights outside. Um, Sam really likes decoration. We bought a new tree this year. I think we don't have real trees. We, we buy like a plastic tree, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we bought a new tree. She was very excited about that one. Um, it was it comes pre-lit, so we don't even have to. Wrap. We have a we have a tree, a pre-lit tree for the upstairs room here, like by the TV. That's nice. We yeah. usually get a real one for downstairs, but they were so expensive this year. I, I heard, yeah, and like, so, yeah, yeah. So I mean, she's really into it, and and she loves the DIY stuff. So um, I would give it a C. Um, she Fair. like 
same same with you with Laura. Like Sam does a really good job. No no tacky things. Um, my kids really like those like the colored light, but like Sam does not. Like she just wants yeah. the white light. Yeah, the white lights are are, are <laughs> critical. You know. Yeah. No, any like blue and red and green like those lights are all brutal. Yeah. Um, and like there's my, nothing wrong with that. I think uh, you know Laura would say that Christmas lights outside that are colored can be fun she likes the whimsy of outdoor like if you have trees outside or, or on your house but we don't have any like tree outside or, or well we have a little tree that maybe we can put some lights on but but we like the colored lights outside but inside like on the tree it's white or go home for us yeah so yeah i agree or it ruin all the decor at home uh, so but shout out to those people that put up crazy like lawn decorations yeah. yeah it's like we went to one that had like crazy blow up stuff and all that stuff so uh we literally just drove around and, and looked at different different you know yeah christmas lights my uh, the neighborhood. my my friends got tickets so we went uh, there were six of us uh, to the out the royal botanical gardens had like the mm. outdoor winter wonderland light show yeah. walk winter walk thing it was it was pretty good you know like i don't know there was some lights that were like super intense and some lights that I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. But, but it was nice uh, considering we don't do it ourselves and it was a good excuse to go for a walk with some friends. So I would recommend to anybody that's interested. Uh, it, it was like a $20 ticket or something like that. And it took like two hours to, to walk through it. And it was fine. You know, like I, it means meant I didn't have to do it myself. Right. So yeah. how do you feel about projectors, Vince? Like, you know, like the ones that they project lights onto the house instead of like stringing up real lights, they put up like the, the starry like projector thing. Uh, that, that's a no-go for me. You Usually just really distracting and I find it kind of tacky. Like, unless you get a really good one, which I've never seen. So yeah. I don't know. Well, what are your thoughts, Jake? No, I just like, I don't know. I don't really care. I'm just wondering because that's always like an alternative to stringing up lights, right? It's much easier and the projectors you can get nowadays are very good, right? They can be very good and, and nice. But yeah, no, I, I, would, I wouldn't do it. I feel like our, our opinions on all of these things are going to cause a rift amongst listeners and or our friends. They're going to be like, oh, I like green and red Christmas lights. And I'm like, yeah, well, for the record, that's fine. Like you or can, your house is fine. Yeah, Just don't put fine. it in my house. You can do whatever you want. I'm, I'm glad that you like to do what you want. And that's fantastic. But not, I'll, I'll not come to your house and I won't judge you. you yeah, know, like yeah, 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 yeah. I can't believe you put a nutcracker there. You know, like, oh, my God. My mom has like a trillion nutcrackers. It's a little bit scary. She has like a display of them on the front mantle in, in their main house. And it's a little intimidating. I'll be honest with you. She's got some like crackers are like gnomes to me, you know, like gnomes. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Shall we take a quick break and wrap things up, sir? Sounds good, man. Thank you. All right, Vince, we made it to the end of our Christmas episode. Spectacular. Congratulations. Yeah, hopefully everybody enjoyed our little banter about the holidays and enjoyed our special uh, interview guests. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, which, which of course at this point is the cat's out of the bag, but, but thank you to, to both of our special guests for, for doing such a great job. And um, uh, considering we're recording this before actually performing the interview, a little fourth wall break, I hope that, that it went well. So there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it will go well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So before we wrap up, we'll, we'll give you some ideas on, on the future. But first of all, Vince, you have an announcement to make. 
Yeah, to our two loyal listeners um, that have been asking for a real podcast uh, service, um, we are now officially on Spotify and Anchor. Um, and I, I think Anchor is owned by Spotify. Um, and that's the service that we use because it was free. Anyways, um, and it's also on uh, Google Podcasts, and it will be on Apple Podcasts soon. Maybe even uh, when we publish this uh, episode, it will be on Apple Podcasts already. So uh, we have made it in terms of uh, the legitimacy of our podcast, because we're now on real podcast services, have a real RSS feed. So there you go. Beautiful. And we will, uh, on if you're listening to this episode on YouTube, we will start to put the links to the episodes uh for in downloadable form and in spotify and and google podcasts and stuff in the description right so and and this will totally destroy our um statistics and and our analytics because now we're splitting our our listeners across the multiple platforms hey you know like uh what statistics and analytics vince (laughs) is that (laughs) is that 207 views on youtube really that important to you because uh (laughs) I question, I question that, but who knows? Uh, maybe, maybe we'll get some, some traction as we kind of go out there. Nobody, nobody has any clue. I, I looked for us on Spotify. I had to type in the full name of the podcast character for character. It's the only way it came up in the search because like, it just tried to, like, I got this, I got this podcast episode from some German engineer on like, what is a heat exchanger at first? Like, that's what I got. And I was like, I, I searched heat exchanger and I did not find us. So there you go. Well, we need to get on the algorithm. That, that's, that's the thing. We do. We do. Uh, how do you, how do you get on, how do you get on the algorithm? Do you mention things that are like, that are like current, current topics? You know, I have no idea. Do, do they if I just say, if I just say Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber, yeah. Like, does it pick up? Is it going to pick up on that and, and the, put the, us at the top? Yeah. The team babes or whatever. The, yeah. the t- Kim Beebs. Unbelievable. Like, <laughs> Justin Bieber, God bless him. Uh, Canadian talent. Everybody loves Justin Bieber. Have you seen the commercials for Tim Beebs? So there's I watch, like... I don't watch TV, man. Well, okay. I don't watch a lot of TV either, but... I do watch like live sports. So like, you know, I'll stream the football games and stuff. So I see the commercials when I'm trying to watch a football game or whatever. And like, let me tell you, Justin Bieber's acting chops for a commercial, not, not great, not great. You know, talented guy, like I'm not a huge fan of his music, but I, I can objectively say that the acting chops for the Tim Biebs commercials are just not really there. So, you know, I don't know. Um, so yeah, there you go. We're, we're on wherever you get your podcasts, right? Please, please rate and subscribe and we will maybe put out another episode. When's that going to be, Vince? Well, we're hoping to do it maybe before the reading week. Yeah. Um, you know, like late January, early February. Um, yeah. And I don't even know what we're going to be talking about at that time. Hopefully oh. not row or... Sigma or whatever, you know. I, I think I, I went with the Tau. I wanted Tau or Kai, I think is, is the ones yeah. that I wanted. So the Kai variant is sweet, <laughs> man. It's such a cool letter. Um, but yeah, it's we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure we'll have things to talk about in terms of how the term is going. Maybe we'll get back into talking a little bit about current events and, and some science. And, and now that now that the term with accreditation and our, our return to hybrid learning term is over, and we basically concede that. We're going to be back in 
online form. Uh, we hope well, we can talk about that, I guess, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the news and, and what's going on uh, in sports and stuff like that. So, Yeah, and we'll find an interesting um, interview guest for you all to listen to as well. Absolutely. So thank you very much, Vince, for your valuable time on during the holiday season. Best of luck for the start of the school year and, and best of luck and all the best for New Year's with you and the family too. Same to you, Jake. Happy New Year. And I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, man. Take it easy. Bye. Uh, is my sound okay, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, all right. He sounds great. I miss hearing your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Now that'll get in there. <laughs> I bet you that's what they do, right? Like they have a tone that they play. So that I and then you're just looking for that tone? Yeah. Instead exactly. of just you screaming? Instead of just me screaming, yes. Me screaming. It turns out that I scream a lot during these recordings. And so, so it doesn't really help. It doesn't really help that much. Or, or I get animated and I, I guess I talk in a high tone. And, and then I'm just like, I don't know where this is. Oh, no, it's me talking about how much I hate Clue. Okay, never mind. Mm, she got Clue in her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that in front of the microphone. Oh my. Too late, and that's it. It's recorded forever. <laughs>